one time I take you home, okay? Uh-huh. Not your bad dad. Uh-huh. It's not like you helped me back there with that nut job or anything, you know? Uh-huh. The right heights, you're right there to grab his Twist them. Why do you need a car? What are you talking about? This car. Which turn is it? Sage Terrace. Where's your sleigh? It's in the shop. Getting repaired. Where are the reindeer? I stable them. Is it left or right? That way. Where's the stable? Next to the shop. How do they sleep? Where the reindeer? Standing up. But the noise. How do they sleep? What noise? From the shop. They only work during the day, all right? I thought it was always night at the most pool. Well, not now. Right now, it's always day. Then how do they sleep? Oh, Sage Terrace. What is it with you, anyway? Somebody drop you on your head? On my head? Well, yeah, what, are they going to drop you on somebody else's head? How can they drop me onto my own head? No, not onto your... Uh, what? God damn it! Are you with me? You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch, you really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel. Mr. Grinch, you're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a rotter. Mr. Grinch, you're the king of sinful sots. Your heart's a dead tomato splotched with moldy purple spots, Mr. Grinch. Your soul is an appalling dump heap, overflowing with the most disgraceful assortment of deplorable rubbish imaginable, mangled up in tangled up knots. It's in 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and this, the month of December, in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970. Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it is Thursday, uh, the day before 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 Christmas. Thank you for coming by. We are here in beautiful downtown Portland, uh, Oregon, where the something is as high as the something's eye. And whatever. It's 503-733-2970. You want to join us today? 503-733-2970. With your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your corrections, your two cents, uh, your what have you. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie, which inexplicably has a T. We were just talking about this before the before we went on the air today. And that just doesn't make any sense because because it's not like the name, to the best of our knowledge, it's not like the name on his birth certificate is Richie Bristol. 
I think the name on here, I think his given name, his Christian name, is the Christian name the first name or the last name? Tim? I don't know. <laughs> That's what keeps us on top, right there. Bam! All right. Um, well, in any event, they, they always say that, well, his Christian name is... I think your Christian name is your first name. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that. Okay. A anyway, but I do... I think if you look at his CBS email, I think it says Richard Bristol. R-I-C-H-A-R-D. Richard Bristol. It really does. And yet, Richie somehow ends up with a T in it. And I don't believe that's a generally accepted spelling for the word Richie. I think Richie typically doesn't have a T, so I, maybe he just added it to the little, you know, for the sake of panache. We're accepting Maybe. I know. It's a big tent. No, the Rick Emerson will accept anybody. Anybody of any race, color, religion, background, creed, bizarre spelling of their name. Doesn't matter. I just, I think it just, just add a little elan to the whole thing. He just uh, put a T in there. That's fine. So it's Richie with a T at 970 uh, dot AM. The phone uh, lines are open, as they say, and Richie is standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the merry, the festive, or the Yule-oriented. 503-733-2970. Uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, here's what's coming up today, among other things. Uh, CNN Radio correspondent Bob Noodles Costantini uh, will be joining us today. Also, CNN Radio... So Jim Roop is still alive. He didn't die from whatever he had the other day. He got worse, and then he went to the doctor yesterday, and then he was feeling better, and now he feels even worse today. Is this... Excellent. So is, he's, a, he's like 90% going to be there, but... Because he's is, a trooper. Is this that thing where when you feel the worst, though, that's when you're really kind of over it? Not over it, but where it's sort of on its way out? Isn't that the deal? Because you sound... You said you feel better today, but you sound worse. Well, now I tried that nose spray, and... It, oh, I think I misused it, because I... I Should you think... have used no spray instead? Because ah. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that any was coming out, so I gave it a big extra squirt, and it, like, shot into my nose and went down my throat, and I tasted it in my throat, and I almost threw up. It was awful. And, well, that stuff is full of metal or something, isn't it? Isn't it full of zinc? Yeah, and now I feel all wonky. Yeah. I think zinc is actually a metal, is it not? So you've basically I shot know, a bunch of liquid metal into your, in your throat. Yeah, that's no good. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Uh, people always say, try this, it's full. Uh, I mean, I understand that you need metal in your body to live. I mean, people that do, you don't really think about that, but I know you do, and you know you need iron and so forth. Uh, but I mean, I don't, get, I don't want to start a whole thing about this, because every time, every time I make some observation about like anything that even smacks of homeopathy in any way, Everybody sort of screams at me about it, but I, the zinc thing is one of those deals that they just started. They started to put zinc in everything, just cause. Because I guess they, I guess they think uh, because there's some, I guess it's some anecdotal evidence that it works. But now that's just in everything, um, including that. And so whether it works or not is not really the point. The point is it tastes like ass. It's just awful. Um, and so especially, and you don't you do this sometimes? Don't you forget that your nose and your throat are connected? Like you sort of know it, but you forget it. I expect that. All of a sudden, I'm in my nose. All of a sudden, bam! I, I taste something in my in my mouth. I'm like, yeah. oh god! I, and I actually. What did it taste like? Can you put it into words? It tasted like medicine. Uh. Like um, like medicine water. It was gross. Uh. Like it hit the back of my throat, and I could feel it because it isn't like right on your tongue or anything. It's just way, way back in your right. throat, and I immediately just spit. And of course, when it when it's back, like when it's right in the back of your mouth or your throat, it's like deep in, and you can't sort of go and get it out. Like it's just there. The taste is just there. Yeah, and now, okay. yeah, and that was like 40 minutes ago, and my nose still hurts. Oh. You know, here's a thing I was thinking about, and then we'll and then we'll move on here. Um, we'll talk about what's coming up today. Uh, elsewise, uh, we got uh, let's see, uh, we'll do the news tease. We got some other stuff. Um, 
I don't know whether this has improved over the years, and probably not judging from that commercial that airs for uh, whatever that cough syrup is, Bartlett's or Buckwald's, Bing Bang's, whatever it is, that, it's that cough syrup we advertise here. It's like, it tastes like trash bag leakage, but it works. Uh, where the, 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 you know, Buckley's, that's what it is. Mm. Listen, listen, behold the power of radio advertising. Conjured it right back into my head. Uh, Buckley's cough syrup. And you know what? Radio advertising really does work. Because if I ever need cough syrup, that's what I'll get. And their whole selling point is that it works, but it just tastes like garbage juice. And I, I remember that even as a kid. Even as a kid, I would just, man, I learned early on, by the time I was like seven, I learned to never, ever, ever admit to my mom that I was sick. If I be like, I remember muffling my cough with a pillow, um, like an altar boy muffling his tears, uh, just muffling my cough, it just, <coughs> knowing that if I kept coughing, my mom was going to come in with that goddamn bottle of red crap and a spoon. Oh, Robitussin? It wasn't even Robitussin. Oh, it was Father like John's is worse. It's made from cod. <laughs> the... I'll bring some in for you tomorrow. Really? You try it. Sure. Cod. Cod. Okay, not God. I Dimatap. Yeah. That was really good. Uh, see, Dimatap has a, an appealing flavor. Not the cod thing, apparently. And then also not whatever this garbage was my mom would give me. It wasn't Robitussin, either. It just had a weird, nondescript label on it. Like, it was sort of homemade. Like, it was made in a back alley somewhere. And she would come in, and I would just get that, you know, that horrible sensation when she would, like, it, take the spoon. And that cough syrup was so bad that I just learned to suppress all of my illness for the next ten years. If I was sick, I never let it show. And that, that's why I'd, even now I don't go to the hospital that often. Um, it's just because I just have these horrible associations with that. Jesus, it's funny how that stuff stays with you, too. The taste of something you were forced to eat as a kid, and it just stays right there. All right. Um, cod? Really? I'll, I'll, I'll find some brain in for you tomorrow. That's like another thing that we advertise in this year, like industrial strength cod oil or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or pharmaceutical grade. I didn't. Who even knew that there were pharmaceutical grade fish parts? I'm not saying it's not real. You don't waste a thing. I suppose. In, this what, in these United States. Well, especially in the, the Northeast, there are thrifty people. Yeah. Um, here's what's coming up today. Bob Costantini, Jim Roop. Uh, try to get to this top five. The top five is really sort of generic, though. It's, it's this ACDC top five. So uh, we keep meaning to put together the top five most depressing Christmas songs. we got to do it for tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day to do it. We have to well, get that done the last tomorrow. day we do it. Yeah, because... Uh, no, we should probably do it today. I don't have it put together, though. I'll do it. Okay. Uh, because, uh, because Tim it's going to be so crazy tomorrow. Tomorrow we have our holiday extravaganza. Storm Large will be here. Dave Lee, former Nordstrom pianist, will be doing our live radio play as well. That is tomorrow at 2 o'clock. People have been asking when it is. The live radio play is tomorrow at 2 p.m. sharp. Uh, and I can't guarantee that it'll ever be played again. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I'm saying maybe it gets played back again to me, maybe it doesn't. So you want to be listening. Tomorrow at 2 p.m., we did uh, we did some more uh, rehearsals for that today, and they were wonderful. That's a picture of Father John's. He just That looks like a product that tastes bad. It looks like somebody who would hurt you. <laughs> Drink this. Get better, or I will tear out your spine. He does. He looks like a guy. He looks like an angry priest. Yeah. Well, he's Catholic. Yeah, well, they're all angry. Do you ever notice how people in old photographs never smiled, ever, ever? It was like they just hated the notion that they were being photographed. Well, life sucked back then. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I'm going to go churn some butter and then die of cholera. This Let's get on with it. 1855. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get a move on. I have to go contract smallpox and then beat my wife. Uh, all right. Uh, so in any event, uh, so we'll try to do the top five most depressing Christmas songs. That's today. Uh, it is also a high concept Holiday Thursday, so we'll do a holiday high concept topic later. Uh, Brittany Watch, uh, of course. Darwin Watch, Joy of Christmas, 
Um, that's it. And we'll talk to Richie Bristol about some things as well. Oh, let's get these calls about the business of the whatever, and then we'll uh, find out what's coming up in the news. Hello, hi. Hey, hi. Hey, what's up? This is a call about whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, your name, uh, given name, first name, Christian name, second name, third name is a surname. Okay, do you realize you? I I have no idea what you just said. Okay, well, let's take this one at a time. When this, somebody says your Christian name, what is that? That's your second name, your middle name. Oh, so for example, Carl is my Christian name. Right. It would generally have been uh, given to you as your patron saint. Interesting. Okay. In the old days. I think you might be wrong about this, but okay. Okay, what is your surname? That's your last name? That is your last name. Okay, what is the other one? That me when I was in London. They're asking my surname. I'm like, Sarah. Because it seems like Sir would be the first name. (laughs) And they kept, stupid yank? No! Uh, And what was the other one you said? The given name. What is that? Is that your first name? That is your first name. So it goes, given Christian Sir. That is correct. All right. What What about your confirmation name? That is additional with uh, in Catholicism. You would take another name. Yeah. Do you and have a confirmation was, name, Tim? And I do. Are you going to share it with us? It's Michael. Really? All right, and then. Tim, you probably chose that name, didn't you? Yes. Of course you did. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye now. Okay. Tim's confirmation name is Michael. That's going to be a uh, that's going to be like a security question someday on something or other. Like when we need to verify somebody's identity, it'll be like you know what? Give us a secret question. What is Tim's confirmation name? Sarah's is Rose, is it not? Mm-hmm. From Titanic. I am a nerd. That's fine. I, I don't even have one. So I I'm... thought they had to be a saint. Well, no, there's... my mom made me. She said she wouldn't help me out with college unless I um, got confirmed. confirmed. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Parents no, are always was... good for that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't believe in this. My mom's like, I don't give a blank. I don't if you... care. Yep. I don't give a blank if you don't believe in it. I believe in it, and you're going to go through <laughs> with it. Thanks. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous, actually, that I don't have a confirmation name. So. Well, that means you didn't have to go through confirmation classes. I don't even... Can I tell you this? I went to nine years of Catholic school. I went to... I won't say stupid, but I went to Mass every week, whether I wanted to or not, often twice a week. I had to go to Mass on Tuesday. Uh, I had well, every day. Every day? When I was going to school. I don't remember any of it. No, it's all a blur. Yeah. I don't know what I did during that hour every day. We went every Friday and every Sunday, because we had to go Friday because I went to a Catholic school. So Friday every, you know, and that's no fun. You're going to school, and then to pile ass upon ass, you have to go to church at school. It's not even school was a refuge from Jesus. He followed me everywhere I went. But if you go to a Catholic school, you're not familiar with fun anyway. No, no, it was no, it was a living, breathing hell, sucking all the joy out of my life. I know that. I mean, I don't mean to knock Christianity as such. I'm just saying, I'm sort of envious of those people to whom joy, to whom Jesus brings lots of fun and pleasure. This is the time of the year when you're religious, uh, at least for one day, for an hour. Well, you know what. Lara and I swore off going to Midnight Mass because of that horrible experience in San Francisco a couple years ago where it was a half-empty church, a priest who was like a hundred, who was so disinterested and burned out, and he had that great line about how, you may want a savior who can chew your food. And Lara and I just ex- exchanged quizzical, like, WTF looks with was each other. Was that the church in Chinatown? By any uh, I forget exactly what it was, but it's the oldest Catholic church on the West Coast. I forget what it was. It was saying something or other. Was it rebuilt after the earthquake? I don't know the answer to that, actually. Because oh. I went in one that claimed to be the oldest, and it was rebuilt after the earthquake. It's beautiful. It's in Chinatown. That I think it was, actually, because our hotel was in Chinatown, right out on the outskirts. Right. So it was probably that one. There's a big plaque saying, like, like oldest church yeah. on the West Coast. didn't say first. It said the oldest. So that's probably it's it. It's, like, right in the middle of Chinatown. Yeah. It's, it was pretty good. That might actually be why. Before It's, it's right <laughs> before people try to drag you into Chinese restaurants and, and charge you $50 for lunch. That might be why it wasn't maybe so packed, because it was sort of not in, like, a main yeah. part of the city. It was, it was in Chinatown. It wasn't, like, a, like, a, like in the downtown area or anything. So 
But it was so depressing. But I have to tell you, I'm just such a sucker for pageant and ritual that we have toyed with the idea of going to a midnight mass this year somewhere in Portland. Because I don't think we've ever gone to midnight mass in Portland. We've gone to my stupid hometown. We went in San Diego when we lived there, which is great because it's a church right by the beach. Where, like, you look out the window and you can see waves crashing and surfers and whatever. Uh, and, and yet, you know, and then, there's the, you know but then there's the priest droning on about, drink this blood. Who's calling me? Hold on a second. God, my phone. <laughs> you have your phone with you? Yeah, I, I usually I usually don't bring it with me, but I got to. Uh, what? It doesn't say actually; it just says no one, nobody you want to speak with. Now that means yeah, don't answer. That. It's God. He says we should have girls at Welton. Uh, anyway, so um, let me close this down. So we've talked about going to midnight mass uh, this year somewhere in Portland. We have never gone to church in Portland. All right, uh, but I don't know. You know, I don't really care that much. I, because Lara's not Catholic, and I keep wanting her to see the cool, ritualistic midnight mass, like, of my youth. And I, and every time I've tried to go, and maybe that never existed, but I think it did. I think midnight mass did used to be really cool, where they would have a choir, and the church was all decorated, you know, with green and red and whatever. And the last, like, the few times we've gone to midnight mass, it's just been so tedious and depressing. So... And then, I, you know, don't and don't call about it because I don't want to sit and have a whole discussion about which church I ought to go to because that's just pointless. But I don't know. Maybe drop me an email or something if uh, if you have a recommendation. We would like to go. I want her to see the real old school, steeped in the the, the, the creepy Roman you know Catholic tradition uh, Christmas mass. Stand up, sit down. Stand up, sit Ex- down. Get stand- money. See you later. <laughs> exactly. Stand up, sit down. Breathe this smoke. That's you know, and that's, oh, I hate that. Oh, where the guy, I love that when I the guy comes in, every time. swinging the like chamber pot full of incense. I love that. That's one of my favorite parts. So, I don't uh, think it's a chamber pot. No, but you know what I mean. <laughs> a chamber pot. You know, but it's like a little potpourri pot, but it's not that. It's big. It's huge. It's an incense thing. He goes around swinging the toilet. <laughs> it looks like a chamber pot on a on a chain. It doesn't. It looks like a big ball. Maybe. At least ours is. It's like a big metal ball with holes in it. At your church, do they ever do this? I can't believe it's it. It's so sad. Okay, so at my church, there's this same girl who's been doing this since I was in nerd. high school. She's my age. And she'll dress up like an angel, and she'll carry around a fake baby, like porcelain Jesus, and do a little dance. Really? Sort of like, um, um, like the girl in Donnie Darko. <laughs> like she'll, she'll like flit around and stuff, and she's yeah. my age, like, or maybe a little bit older. And every year she gets dressed up in this little angel costume. That's just sad. And dances around with a porcelain baby Jesus in her hand. Was there was there a hot competition uh, when you were going to uh, when you were in like uh, junior high or high school to see who got to play Mary and Joseph like at the at the church pageant? We didn't have church pageants. Oh, you didn't see? We had they. We did a thing where they, you know, like as he was going. And in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. Blah 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 blah. And meanwhile, it would be acted out uh, by some people from the parish. And there was always a whole lot of like, and it was always like some late teens, like like a like a, a guy and a girl who were like sixteen, seventeen, and they would act up the part of Mary and Joseph. And then there would be the innkeeper who's like, you know, whatever, no, you know. Get out! No room, and it, whatever. And then they would walk down, and then they would sit by the choir, and then they she would like whip out a plastic doll. Go look! It's a baby, Jesus. And so there was always this like this this sort of um, weird weird little bit of fame that came with like being selected to play Mary or Joseph at the church, just like it is in Utah actually, where every time they do some reenactment of Pioneer Days, it's like who gets to play Brigham Young. You know, who gets to play Joseph Smith? And then there is a certain amount of like... So he's kind of like the Brad Pitt of the Mormons. Uh, Brad, uh, Joseph Smith, yes, is the Brad Pitt. Brigham Young is the... Um, I don't even know what he is. He's so a different it's like, thing. It's like Lennon Stalin. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. No, that's perfect. That is exactly it. 
Joseph Smith is the Vladimir Lenin of the Mormon Church. I'm sure they appreciate me uh, characterizing it that way. He's covered in wax and behind a sarcophagus. Um, and no, and and Brigham Young is the Stalin of the Mormon Church because he was a ballbuster man. Brigham Young. Just, and again, I'm not knocking the faith. They all need, the Catholic Church certainly has had its share of a sack kickers. Um, Brigham Young, man, he did not tolerate any dissent. You cross Brigham Young, man, you got your head handed to you. Well, it's like, where do you go if you kick out of Salt Lake City? There's nowhere. And especially then, it's like into the wild. Because Salt Lake is ringed by these by the Wasatch Mountains. And that's why, not to turn this into a Mormon history lesson, we have talked a lot about God this week. Um, well, it's, it's, that's the way he wants it's, it. And it's Christmas. Because, yeah. um, you know, Salt Lake is ringed by mountains, and that's why they picked it. Because they, this is true, they came over the Wasatch Mountains, they looked down in the valley, and there's this famous thing where Brigham Young looked down and he said, this is the famous quote, he said, this is the place. That's like the thing that's like the, that's I think in fact I think that is actually the state motto now is this is the place because it looked so terrible and barren and just god awful that they figured that the Gentiles which is what they call non-Mormons it would never bother them. they're like nobody will ever want this it's a hellhole this place sucks let's live here because no one will ever want it uh, so except the people who are already living there and as we all know as we all know the white man has no problem just pushing them somewhere else so that was sort of the attitude of the Mormons, you know. We'll just take, we'll kick these people out and take it, and then nobody else will ever want it. And it is true, because every time I go there, I say to myself, God damn, you can have this dump. And then I fly back to Portland. <laughs> um, so so you had a good time in New It has the intended effect. I go is back to you. say when you're at the, the top step going into the airplane? Because <laughs> you wave your hand. Can I tell you this? My wife sent me the greatest uh, little thing. Is she still there? No, she's flying back today. Uh, my wife sent me the greatest little thing from Utah on my phone. She sent me a little picture message. It is a picture of this uh, eatery in Orem, Utah, and it's called So-and-So's New York Delicatessen, which is, like, bad enough, right? You're in Orem, which is, like, the most soulless place on Earth, and I mean soulless as in the sense of having, like, style. And there was a New York burrito there, of course. Um, it says, New York Delicatessen. She went in, as she told me the story later, she went into this so-called New York Delicatessen in Orem, Utah, and she said... Hey, can I get a toast of bagel, please? And the guy's like, yeah, we don't do bagels. And she said, what do you mean? The guy's, yeah, we don't do bagels, sorry. And she's like, you're a New York delicatessen. And he's like, yeah, no bagels. And so she sent me a picture of the sign with a little text saying, this New York delicatessen in Utah does not sell bagels. F this place. I am coming home tomorrow. So there you go. It's a good time. Uh, good times had by all. Uh, blah, 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 Jesus. Uh, Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification today. Uh, four people are shot, three are dead in the coup. A man with blue skin leaves Oregon in search of acceptance elsewhere. Tobias. It's a Christmas miracle for skiers, as on who gets two feet of snow. Pigs now outnumber people in North Carolina. The relationship between Brittany's pregnant sister and her impregnator is on the rocks. <laughs> her impregnator. The impregnator 5,000. Into the Wild leaves the nominations for the Screen Actors Guild Awards. And candles are recalled because they can start fires. <laughs> this is the best day ever. Already. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, get a couple of these calls. We've got Bob Costantini at 11.45. Uh, there's a little something we got to do before then, though. Uh, so, oh, yeah, before? Uh, well, first of all, let me just do this. Uh, our good friend Seamus, as he often does, sent us a little something today. Oh, thank you, Seamus. And then... Uh, so let me do this. Uh, Tim, this yes. is for you. For me? 
It is, in fact, uh, Richie Bristol. Richie Bristol, can you please come to the studio? <laughs> Richie, if you can uh, enter the studio, please. <laughs> Uh, this is from this is from our good friend Seamus who uh, you, sends us something every now and again. Richie Bristol, from Seamus to you, a bottle of Sex Panther cologne. Now I'm going to tell you this: I haven't opened it. I don't know what it smells like, so we have to do it now. It says, "Did I not get one?" No. I'm just kidding. It says, "Sex Panther Sorry. cologne is extremely oh, awesome." Oh, I can't smell. It is also extremely flammable. Richie I can't smell it either, fire, and yet he's opening it. Does it have bits of real panther oh, in it? Oh man, this is the best bottle too. It's like black satin. Awesome. It's just Paris, Milan, New York. All right, I'm opening the Sex Panther. It cannot be uh, returned to its special container and kept under refrigeration. All right, hold on. I'm going to have to spritz it because it hasn't been used. All right, I'll spritz it on you. So please don't spritz Sex Panther on me. Do not right, use fine. Sex Panther cologne on concrete. All right. It doesn't smell bad at all. It's, a, it's, it's not, not bad like at all? It's not like Dracar Noir. It, <laughs> it's oh, it is Dracar Noir. It totally smells like Dracar. Is it? So there you go. Okay, we don't all need to spray it at the same time. All right, time. Merry Christmas to us from Seamus. He got us all Sex Panther. Thank, Thank you, Seamus. There you go. Thank Rich, you, sir. Rich, you good for the Sex Club this weekend. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get these calls, and then we'll break, and we'll come back and do a little something on the other side as yep. well, then Bob Constantine. Let me get these really quickly. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, it's hey. Nate. Hey, Nate who? Cross-country Nate. Oh, my God, really? You're yeah. alive. You're alive. We thought you were dead. I'm <laughs> sorry. I uh, I was down in Florida. Got a little uh, depressed and just kind of. Uh, well, that is the place. To, that's the place to do it. Uh, well, okay. Now I hate to. I hate to be like the innkeeper turning Joseph and Mary away. Can Can Richie get your number and can we talk to you later in the show? Because I do want to have. I do want to spend some time talking to you, but I don't want you to be cut short right here. Yeah, definitely. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. Richie's going to get your number. We'll talk to you later in the program today. Okay. He, he, okay, hold on, Richie. If you can get Nate's number on line three. Now we all smell like Sex Panther. Um, so now you can go upstairs. Now you can go upstairs and see how many chicks that you can pick up on. Oh, well, the answer is all yeah. of them, Tim. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Well, it's hey. the Sex Panther talking. Yes. <laughs> the, if you need a uh, Catholic mass, then you need to do a Latin at midnight mass. Yeah, no, a Latin midnight mass would be perfect. Do they do that in Portland? Oh yeah, there's uh, quite a few churches that do that in Portland. Uh, is it closed captioned? <laughs> for the Latin impaired. Well, you know, for the Latin impaired, I'm sure someone. Can I get a match in Esperanto? Uh, yeah, someone doing the uh, capital aerobics uh, next to you will probably. Uh, well, where do I? Here's a dumb question. Where do I even look that up? Uh, you can find it online under uh, churches and. Uh, thanks, thanks for helping. Look, so I should put church <laughs> into Google. <laughs> well, uh, you can do uh, Holy Rosary, which is on Clackamas, or. Uh, St. Patrick's, which is uh, out in there in northwest Portland. I don't think God would be uh, present at church in Clackamas. God doesn't even know that. God has abandoned no, not that place. Off of Clackamas, uh, uh -huh. the, the street, not, not the place. <laughs> no. All right. He, he certainly wouldn't be an incesticator either. All right. St. Patrick's. I'll look it up. All right. Thank you, my friend. All right. All right. This uh, depressing Christmas song list is genius. It is so, such a bummer. So we'll do that later on Top 5. Oh, and so... Uh, if so anyone you, has any suggestions, please send them in. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ray, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. St. Philip Neri has got a pretty good midnight mass, too. However, oldest church, talk about religious marketing. Yeah. Uh, did, did everybody forget the Spanish missions in California? And there's Spanish it. missions in Arizona. There's a phenomenal mission called St. Uh, Francis Xavier de Bach outside of Tucson. Mm -hmm. It's like from the late 1600s. And these are, it's like a, so it's a church? Yeah, it's, a, it's an absolutely gorgeous old mission church, and they do, you know, Beautiful masses in this old Rococo uh, 
facility and take a look on the it's you know St. Francis Xavier de Bach with the X. All right. For Xavier, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's a beautiful little remote oh. valley. I'll, I'll look at it. I'm sorry, sir. If I sound distracted, Tim is desperately trying to get the smell of Sex Panther off of him. Ah, excellent. Best show ever. Thank you. I'm afraid to go upstairs right. alone now. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll go upstairs. Uh, all right, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Uh, we'll do a little few other things around the corner. Bob Costantini, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. <laughs> that really it's is. Thank you. We're all here. panthered up in here. Uh, let's see. The Ministry of Truth, new news hour coming up. Joy of Christmas, Brittany Watch, uh, Jim Rupaul, that state of the Rick Emerson Show. All right. Let me forget, I got all this Christmas music we got to use. Yeah, you really slacked on that this year. Well, we've been using some of it. I just, I forgot. You know what I didn't do this year is to swap out Put our regular bumper music cart for yeah. this. All right. Well, let me just hold on. Let me, uh, let me, let me play this over here, sir. Dan, the automator. All right, it's 503-733-2970. This is uh, Dean Martin. Uh, all right, Bob Costantini coming up here in a short while. Tim Riley with a new news. I love this album. This album of, like, standard, Christmas standards, like, remixed. I This is one of my favorite CDs. It really is, because it's sort of... It's different without being too obnoxious or novelty sounding. So it is a bunch of guys like Dan the Automator and RJD2 and whoever like mixing up uh, standards. All right, uh, Christian Bowie, if you could enter the studio, please, that'd be fantastic. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Bob Costantini up in a few later on. Tim, all of that. Hello, Kristen. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, Kristen Bowie, who many of you uh, know from, she's actually uh, filled in uh, for Sarah on occasion and yes. works on the, uh, what is it, I think, 12 other radio stations <laughs> around Portland. by Dennis Miller in the morning, too. Yes. Um, you mean blessed by Dennis Miller. Yeah. Uh, and we'll actually be filling in, let me get this straight, uh, next week, next, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? Yes. Uh, New Year's. Day. New Year's. Yes. Is and it New not? Year's. Oh, that's right. Is it best of? We're best of next week. That's our part on of Wednesday next week. Too, yes, but Wednesday is the next Wednesday that you're in. I. I'm it's all gonna... very confusing. It's on the door over there. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I made up the schedule. I should so actually Kristen know these things. Very busy and giving and wonderful girl. Yes. So anyway, so the audience uh, knows that you are uh, very hardworking and you know, shoulder the grindstone and nose to the wheel and other thing to the other thing. So we are constantly. We talk a lot about the audience, the best audience ever, and we've had some people drop off uh, some sort of you know nice small things for us. And uh, Seamus, in fact, just uh, gave us a little bit of Sex Panther there, <laughs> wow. which I do understand lures in all of the fairer sex. Uh, uh, Michael in Seaside, who you know gives some stuff now and again. He, I mean, he gave someone similar to but legally distinct from me. Uh, a copy of the uh, Zeppelin London show, which just happened a few days awesome. ago. Apparently, cool. the that's the guy you want to have on your. The side. rumor is that that's available on CD, and I wouldn't know anything about that. But apparently, that was dropped off to somebody. So, anyway, so those guys have been very good. Someone who does not want to be named, though, uh, wanted to recognize the fact that you uh, work seemingly 22 hours a day. 
So it's it, not even seemingly like <laughs> she does work 22 hours a day. You, Christian Bowie, really are either a, a really dedicated or b some sort of Cyberdyne Systems uh, automaton uh, that really just operates on like a plutonium core. Or c just a bit kooky. Or kooky. <laughs> or, or all of the above. above. <laughs> so I'll tell you what. So I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to uh, drag something of this. It was dropped off by someone who wishes to not be named. All right. Keep them closed. All right, and uh, so there you go. So, okay, now you may uh, look down. You may open uh, this package uh, that is from uh, from someone who wishes to remain anonymous. So, Richie, do we need an extra knife for this? Yes. So, Kristen, I'm going to hand you this uh, okay. hand you this uh, razor blade thing there. Okay. So there's a, it's a large box. I would say that box is what about three feet high. By about two feet yeah, across. But a foot and a half, two feet. Yeah, I mean it's big. It's a that's a large box. So I don't know whether you're supposed to open the envelope first or whether you're supposed to take the thing out first. So uh, it's uh, filled with. Oh she's reading. Oh my god! All right. So <laughs> now the person does not want their identity revealed, but uh, would okay. you care to share what's in the box? It it's a computer. That's incredible. Oh, my God. Now, apparently you were lamenting the fact that your World of Warcraft uh, game no. was suffering. No, actually, I don't play that stupid game anymore. Uh, I see. All right. Uh, but uh, you were you were uh, lamenting the regrettable condition of your home computer, apparently, or something like that. Yeah. So I do believe that there has been... We were talking about video games, and we were talking about a specific one that my machine won't run. That's incredible. So, Thank you so much. That is amazing. So really, uh, <laughs> it is the best audience uh, ever. Yeah, um, seriously. That, that's above and beyond, and thank you so much. That's amazing. So I don't, even know, I don't even know what it is. It's just a huge box that apparently is filled with a computer. Yeah. Uh, that's so, incredible. All right. So there you go. So we wanted to, uh, wanted to extend. And that's heavy, by the way. So yeah. Rich, Richie will be helping to carry that okay. out of your car. Um, thank you so much once again. I won't say your name, but thank you. All right. So there you go. So Merry Christmas, uh, Kristen Bowie, from us and from the audience and from everybody. So, well, especially from that person. Yes, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I didn't really do anything. I'm just standing next to the box. I'm in its reflected glory. Awesome. So, all right. Thank you. Okay, so Richie's going to help her out with that. So there you go. How is, cool is that? That's incredible. <laughs> that is very, it's, very it's actually It's pretty freaking amazing is what that is. <laughs> All right. So should I be attempting to make people really, really sad? Because I found some pretty terrible songs. It's supposed to be like the the saddest Christmas songs ever. Right? Yeah, no, this is, we're trying to put like together no the... Like No Holds Barred, like just punching people in the face? Yeah, we're trying to do the top, the most depressing Christmas songs ever. This is the top five okay. most depressing Christmas songs. By the way, now that she's out of the room, can I just say, how cool is that? That someone was apparently, I guess, talking to online or MySpace or somebody's talking to Kristen Bowie, who just works... I'm not trying to oversell the point, but just works on an inhuman amount of hours sometimes. Works at at least two different radio stations, sometimes three different radio she stations. She three a day, I think. Yeah, I mean, doesn't sleep, uh, is you know, and does just just a, a crackerjack job, as my grandfather used to say. And apparently was talking to somebody and was saying, well, and, and I think was, and as it was relayed to me, the comment was totally and completely innocent. She just made a passing reference to, well, I'm trying to play blah, blah, blah video game, but my computer's really slow and it doesn't really want to play it. And so the next thing I know, uh, this big package uh, is left at the station with a little note inside and a whole lot of, uh, hey, I know Kristen works really hard, and I know that radio sometimes sucks, so here you go. Here's a new computer for her so she can play the game. Uh, yeah. So uh, this often sounds like a cliche or a platitude or something that I'm just mouthing, but really... It, it, it should be pointed out that we really do have the best audience in the history of everything. So that's pretty fantastic. 
Is is she another waterworks yeah. going? Good. Uh, All right, excellent. good. I was hoping for the tears. We were here. hoping she'd cry on the air. Yeah, I won't. All right. Are you not going to put? You don't post the footage of her crying. That would be that would be mean. All right. Thank you, Richie. All right. Well, that is the nicest thing. It's like the best thing. I mean, you know, I mean that's fantastic. So, yeah, the audience is pretty, and I've got this sex panther to keep me warm. So, it's all very exciting. All right, so here's what is coming up. So I wanted to make sure we got that done uh, because she's been up like 4 a.m. and I think she has two other jobs to go to today. Um, Bob Costantini is going to join us uh, from the Hill. Uh, we'll have uh, the new news hour coming up, of course, at noon. Uh, Jim Roop will be joining us. Uh, we got the top five most depressing Christmas songs. Pen- I haven't even sorted all these watches, so let me sort these now. Joy of Christmas, Penis, Joy of Christmas, Darwin, Darwin, Darwin. <laughs> Brittany, Brittany. All right, so there you go. So that's uh, all right. And here's your Darwin watches, Tim. Okay. And there's your penis watch. We might not be able to take the holidays off. No, it's it's, holidays. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, all right, so we got like uh, two minutes here. Um, so I'm unclear about what to do in this. <laughs> unclear about what to do in this two-minute section of time. God, I'm very listening confusing. to these songs, and it is so such a bummer. These. Are, this is the top five. Now you're gonna have five, or you have six. Oh. Yeah, I have six. All right. Oh, do you have that other Elmo song? This would probably be a good time to do that. Yeah, let's. Richie apparently wanted us to torture the audience with something. And then I will uh, read a couple of these emails and then Ready? we'll talk to Bob Costantini. Yes. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Now, this is from Richie. He sent you this. This is Richie. I listened to the whole Now, who is the artist here? This is Dr. Elmo. Again? Was the night before Kwanzaa and all through the Oh, hood. God. Are you kidding me? Okay, and not only is this the worst song ever, it's vaguely, if not blatantly, racist. Is it? Is it just like the other one where there was a DOA on MLK? This one's even worse. Does anybody, let me ask you this. Before we continue to play this apostasy of a song, has anybody ever seen a picture of, of Dr. Elmo? I mean, I'm assuming he's a wrinkled old white man. Is that the case, Tim? He is. Yeah. I mean, he sounds... I have to say, it's really unbelievably old and unbelievably white. So this was, I'm sorry, let's back up. So this is The Night Before Kwanzaa by Dr. Elmo? Yes. All right, presumably for many urban and churban stations. It's, it's the kooky situation where they get lost in an urban neighborhood. Are you kidding? No. You, are you kidding me? I'm really? really not. This is Dr. Elmo. Give it up! Oh, God. Twas the night before Kwanzaa and all through the hood, not a station was open. It didn't look good. The wife and her Gucci and I and Armani were just coming back from a concert by Yanni. Crazy. Ow! Morgan. When we ran out of gas in the middle of the street, we were two loaves of white bread on a shelf of old wheat. When just wow, really? Such a clatter. I gave myself whiplash seeing what was the matter. The thunderous vibrations filled us with dread while visions of homicide danced in our heads. Okay, so really, you have to, are you kidding me? I don't feel bad for pissing off his publicist now. Wow. F this guy. Seriously. I, Shall we continue? You've got, we've got to get it up. Come on. I really don't know. Let's, I, just, let's just go on. Wheels so slick, we knew in a moment it wasn't St. Nick. Yeah. Good tidings were taking a darker complexion as she... Are you... Hold on, hold on. Really? Honestly? You know what? And and purportedly, the guy rapping with him is a black man. Would you not... Am I I talking out of turn here? It's hard to believe that these songs haven't received any play elsewhere. 
Who? Let me ask you now. For whom do you suppose that song was created? Uh, who was he envisioning would play that and go? That's a fantastic song. Let's get our children around the radio and all sing it together and hold hands. Wow. Boy, it's like everybody's grandfather come to life. Jesus. It's a very Huckabee Christmas is what that is. Yeah, let's move on from that. I, It's not like, I mean, it, I, I just don't even... I feel at this point, and I never thought I would be one of these people... I feel like I don't even want to give that song any more attention. I think I joined Sarah's sentiment of F that guy. So there you go. So the so the new uh, the new slogan on the Rick Emerson. Wow. I feel no more guilt for picking off his publicist. No, I felt, I, and for just a second yesterday, when the publicist emailed us, because we had interviewed Dr. Elmo last week, and as we sometimes do, he'd, we'd had a little bit of fun with him, uh, where we had a listener pretend to be me and do the interview. And it was, a, you know, not a bad interview, uh, but I guess maybe word trickled back to Dr. Elmo in whatever tar paper shack he lives in uh, that that we had been screwing around with him a little bit and I guess the publicist sent us an email saying you know sort of passively saying like well your interviews are normally crap and terrible and you know he blah 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 so the interview was sort of sticking it the, the publicist was kind of sticking it to us yesterday and I did feel bad for just a second I felt there was about five seconds yesterday where I felt kind of guilty that we were sort of jacking him up mm-hmm. this song has erased all of that guilt wow that's really like unbelievably inappropriate yeah, F him. That is now the assembled opinion of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, F Dr. Elmo. Let's welcome that to the Rick Emerson Show. Wow. CNN radio correspondent, Bob Costantini. Hello, sir. Hi there, Rick and everybody. Hi. How are you, my friend? How's life? How are things? Very good. Glad Very tidings good. at the Costantini household? Wonderful tidings. We found a we. <laughs> is that true? Is this yeah. is this now? Uh, if you forgive uh, just the slightest bit of uh, intrusion into your personal life, now is is this for you and your wives? Is this for kids, grandkids? What is it for our uh, our daughters? All right, now are they still living yeah. at home? Ah, uh, yes. All right, so the I have to tell you this about the Nintendo Wii. So my wife and I were in Orem, Utah, uh, over the weekend, which is its own special slice of hell. Um, yeah. And one of the tiny little highlights of our time in Utah is we visited her Uncle Dick, who is, uh, I think he's 70, he's kind of who everybody wants as an uncle. He's 74, I think, and and really, this is a little awkward, he does remind me a lot of Tim. Um, he, it's sort of a little window into what I believe Tim might be like, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, as he moves on into later life. Um, just very, you know, neat, tidy, orderly house, very, very plushly appointed, a place for everything and everything in its place. Orderly, efficient, uh, but the house, and it's so great because for like an old guy, because again, he's like 74, uh, her uncle, not Tim, um, <laughs> is that he, his house is he worked at uh, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, so he's just smart as a whip. Uh, and his house is just jammed with, like, every modern, I sound like a clamp, but every modern electrical convenience. But he's got, like, LCD TV screens everywhere. He's got, you know, he's uh, he's he's installed, like, these, like, motion-sensing things so the lights go on and off as you enter and leave a room. And, uh, you know, he's just a big believer in science and using it to make your home a better place to live. And he also is a, he's, this is so great, he's a freak for video games. So it's so great that he's, like, 74, and you go in and he's, like, he's, you, you know, hello, Uncle Dick, and he's there, like, you know, you know, with his brill-creamed hair, clutching a Nintendo Wii and playing racquetball in his living room, and he's, "Hello, I'm, you 
you know, I'm on level 75 of Nintendo Racquetball. Wham! And he's like, you know, and he's like, and he's, uh, you know, and he's in his 70s. It's just fantastic. So my wife and I spent some time playing with a Nintendo Wii, about which I was sort of, not as skeptical, but just kind of indifferent. i got to tell you, that's a badass gaming machine. It really is. It's fantastic. We've uh, we we had tried it. Uh, some relatives had it, and um, we decided, you know, we the girls really liked it, and we decided we'd try to find one, which hasn't been, of course, all that easy. Um, but uh, if if you hit the right spot at the right time, you might find one on sale. Oh, it's uh, I have to tell you this, and I'm not shilling for Nintendo, uh, but that Wii really is pretty great. I I didn't know. If the motion sensing, they had the device, and if it was if it was just sort of a novelty, and if it was really worth it, and I'm not even a sports guy. I I tell you this, I don't really like sports games all that much, just because I'm not a sports fan in real life, and so that's kind of pointless. Uh, but man, I got in front of that we uh, with my wife, and we were playing a Nintendo tennis. I was it was unbelievably entertaining. It really is. So anyway, so I hate to be touting a thing that people probably cannot buy at this point, yes. but it is wonderful. All right, Bob. Um, well, let's let me ask you this. As Drew Curtis's people might say, uh, this just in, uh, Congressperson Tancredo, Tancredo mm-hmm. is no longer running for president. As a follow-up story, apparently Congressman Tancredo was running for president. So yes. <laughs> I don't even think I've heard of this. Who is this? Well, he is from Colorado. Oh, well, that explains. And um, he probably doesn't appeal to uh, persons of your persuasion. Uh, because he's uh, a very conservative um, uh, GOP congressman uh, from Colorado who really had a long-shot bid in this whole thing, and he had tied his... He's the nutcase anti-immigration guy. He tied his wagon to the immigration idea, yes. Yeah. And he he thought that that would at least propel him uh, to get more notice than he's ever really gotten. Um, and he, uh, you know, he polls very well, of course, among uh, a certain faction of the Republican Party, and um, people who are very, you know, concerned about the immigration issue. But beyond that, he never really. Uh, he let's see, what's uh, NBC Wall Street Journal poll says here that was released Wednesday showed he had less than one percent support nationwide. And even in Iowa, where uh, immigration has become somewhat of an issue, he was only at 3%. So he doesn't even have the role, he doesn't even have the sort of the Ralph Nader-esque role of kind of a kingmaker in terms of throwing his support. There was just, I mean, he, he's just sort of a, a, non, uh, a non-issue, although I do seem to remember now that he was in the news a little bit because he was accusing uh, some of the other candidates, like Romney and Huckabee, of, of basically... It, 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 trying to uh, to bite his style, as the young people say, of kind of sort of lifting a lot of stuff out of his platform. Well, yes, and um, you know the idea was that uh, immigration was supposed to be a big hot button issue uh, this year, and or at least in 2008, and it hasn't turned out quite that way. Really, it is it is an issue in some places. Again, Iowa, one of them, um, but uh, it's just it, it never took off for him. And it, uh, you know, you don't hear the candidates talking about it that much, uh, really. They're they're asked about other things, it seems. Let me ask you this: just in your journalistic estimation, and just as as an objective observer, is it just uh, like hubris that will drive a guy who clearly has has no chance of winning uh, to to run for president? And again, is there a car horn honking somewhere? Ask. Are you hearing that, or am I hallucinating? No, I don't That's your that. computer. I'm not touching my computer. Tim's is down. I, my hands have been... 
My hands have been here the whole time. I'm not touching anything. All right. I'm sorry, Bob. Is that with you, Bob? Yes. No, no. I don't know I, where I that was coming. It. it has yours is the only spot that's up. Okay, that's just weird. There was a car horn that just sounded in all of our headphones here, and I think probably went out over the air, and we don't know from where it came. That's uh-huh. weird. Well, uh, anyway, it, it just seems like if you're a guy like this, uh, and, and you, I mean, look, let's be honest. The odds makers and you know, like people with brains, know that you're never going to get elected. You're not going to win anything. And you you read these stories about guys like mortgaging their homes and selling their, you know, getting into debt to run for president. It, in a case of a guy like this, is it just that he's trying to raise his profile for his own sort of local case? You know, is he just trying to raise the profile so he can keep being reelected to Congress in Colorado? Or does he, in some corner of his brain, really think that he's got a shot, do you suppose? Well, actually, uh, in my understanding, if I recall correctly, he is leaving Congress. Uh, he decided he wanted to run for president. But look at Mike Huckabee. Um, you might have said the same thing about him uh, just a, a few months ago, but all of a sudden his candidacy has risen significantly to the point where he's, um, you know, at t- on the top or right there in Iowa, and that's pretty much all it takes. Um, if uh, if you get if you win Iowa, you suddenly get a lot of media attention attention that you can't buy nationally, and uh, you know whereas uh, you know Huckabee would not necessarily do very well in New Hampshire, from what we understand. He still might be able to carry that over if he wins Iowa. So, you know, it, you can catch fire in these things, uh, even though you may seem like a long shot. Just ask Bill Clinton for. Oh, know, that is true. Run. He was he was the comeback kid, as he said in uh, wherever it was. Was it where was it that Bill Clinton <laughs> yeah, said New Hampshire? New Hampshire, and he said, "I think New Hampshire has made." I'm going to go home and watch the War Room this weekend. That's what I'm going to do. There you go. Uh, are you a fan of that documentary? Yes, I am. Oh, uh, The War Room Very is one of the best political films ever made. I'm going to go watch that this weekend. New Hampshire is made. Bill Clinton, the comeback kid. Uh, are you on tomorrow, sir? Uh, no, I'm not here. Okay, then we will probably uh, not speak with you. We are not here yes. Christmas. Uh, we're here Christmas Eve, or I'll be here for a while Christmas Eve. Okay. So we may not speak with you until Christmas. So uh, happy holidays uh, from all of us here yes. at the CBS Radio Portland family to you and everybody at CNN, my friend. And all, uh, all to all of you as well. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. All right, thank you, sir. Happy Put you back on hold here. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. CNN Radio correspondent Bob. Fantastic, wonderful. Man, I finished the list of the most depressing Christmas songs. <laughs> Is it are people are going to kill themselves? Out. Yeah. All right. So everybody should get their scotch ready. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, let's take a break here. Be back with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, James Roop, the top five most depressing. Everywhere I turn, it's Sex Panther. Is... What is wrong I'm with you? I just coughed right into the microphone. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought I hit the cough button and I didn't. Basil, let's take a break. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. I forget what I told you. Just If you look underneath. Oh, wow, you're right. If you lift the skirt, they're all sad. Uh, I'm talking about songs. Sometimes there's nothing depressing about being alone. No. On your $2,500 sofa. <laughs> oh, seriously. the world at bay. Some people are happy spending the holiday alone. Oh, no, 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 trust me. I... Not receiving any gifts or giving any out. It's the great leveler. 
How sad we all so are. After Christmas last year, killed my uh, two of my three remaining grandparents. We have the one that I haven't seen in a. Did room. you leave them out in the snow? <laughs> no, remember. I'm the sorry. Died, <laughs> back to back. Well, not literally. Propped up in a Greyhound station. <laughs> no, one was Christmas Eve and the other one was New Year's Eve. Oh, damn. Yeah, yeah, don't you remember that? I do, but I didn't realize it was that close for some reason. I guess I thought it was Thanksgiving and Christmas. No, no. So um, and so the remaining grandparent I have, my grandma, I haven't seen her in years, and so she's coming up. Wow. Are you keeping time. a real close eye on her? No, it'll be, it's going to be interesting because I haven't seen her in years. Is that true? Why? Why is because, that? Because... Um, is she a bad person? No, no, no. She wasn't. She's not a bad person. Because of family things. Issues. Yeah. I see. All yeah. right. So so we haven't spent um, a Christmas up there, I think, ever. So oh, that's it should good. be interesting. Well, that's very... I'm really excited. Ever? Yeah. That is interesting. I mean, I won't pry, but that's very interesting. 26 years and you haven't spent a Christmas with her. Mm-mm. Um, well, you know, it, 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 it just it, we'll uh, get into the news here in a second. But I went and see, and I think a lot of this is... Um, uh, you know, I, I moved away from home kind of as soon as I could, um, and then I worked in radio. And of course, uh, you just uh, to flash back to the thing about Kristen Bowie. And I'm not you're too broke to find your relatives during the holidays. I was just gonna say, and not to and not to single her out because there are, although with every year, I think there are fewer and fewer people like this because there are simply fewer and fewer jobs for them in radio. Uh, but you know, there's a lot of people. Uh, you know, when you're coming up in radio, uh, you know, you just have to work. All, and they'll tell you, there's like, look, you're going to work every holiday, you're going to work every like weekend, every shift. Nobody wants. You will not. I remember a guy telling me when I was first kind of getting into radio. He actually, and it was very prophetic. He actually said, he said, you will not see your family on Christmas for the next ten years. So like, get used to it. Well, this is my first Christmas hop in 30 years. Is that true? Yeah. I've never taken Christmas hop before. I thought it, would. it might exciting. be fun. I know I'm going to experience it all by myself. How <laughs> odd. And what, is, what a weird comment on us that that is. Because I'm trying to remember, and I think I've worked almost every Christmas. Oh, you will. Since I was 16. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And the only time I didn't was the years that I wasn't employed. And boy, God, boy, being uh, being recently fired at Christmas, that's a whole level of hell. Uh, but I, you know, well, it, it takes at least twenty years in the business not to be the youngest one anymore. That's the thing. I mean, and that takes that long to move up the ladder, so you may be in a position to take something off. And so I, and you know, and Lycus, to his to his um, uh, credit, he painted a really accurate picture of something, which is that he and I think he talks about this for Thanksgiving, not Christmas. But Lycus talks about, I think he terms them orphan Thanksgivings or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he said for Thanksgiving. I don't know if he still does it, but he said it was a tradition for a long time. It is, you know, he's got a, you know, he's got a great house and everything. But he has a huge Thanksgiving party for people who have nowhere to go, and I don't mean like for homeless people. I mean, and he said it started out as a radio thing, mm-hmm. where they would go to somebody's house. The Thanksgiving party would start at 10 a.m., and it would go until everybody passed out at two in the morning. But people would sort of come and go throughout the day because somebody would have to leave and go do an air shift. People would come back from doing an air shift. A guy would have to go do traffic. Somebody comes back to the house from doing traffic. And he said it started out because he worked with a whole bunch of radio people. Some of them estranged from their families. Some of them just didn't have anybody. Some of them, their families lived on the other side of the country, and they're broke and working, and they can't get there. So I've done a lot of that, too, where um, not necessarily going to anybody's house, but I've certainly worked at those radio stations where on Thanksgiving and Christmas... You know, it's like all the part-timers and weekenders sort of bonding together as they're working their various air shifts in the building. Uh, you know, and it's kind of cool and, and, and sort of sweet in its own weird kind of way. Probably not everybody would appreciate it. But I think uh, for people who work in a job like this one, 
Cops, I would imagine, probably do the same thing. People work at convenience stores, gas stations. There are people who work there in all of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people who are still, you know, you get those stores that stay open 365, like Powell's is open 365 days a year. But how about people who work in nursing homes? That's even worse. Oh, man. Well, hospitals, again, mm-hmm. I think anybody who routinely works the holidays, there is a sort of esprit de corps that I think... A camaraderie that kind of pops up, you know, develops over the years, and um, you know, so it is kind of it is kind of cool in its own in its own weird way. I don't even know how we started talking about this. I don't either. All right, at the Ministry of Truth, here is the Noon News Hour with Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Our winter storm warning is in effect for the Northern Oregon and Lane County Cascades. Government Camp, Sandy M. Pass, Detroit, just to mention a few. Now, the winter storm warning remains in effect till 4 p.m., Moderate snow showers will leave an additional 5 to 9 inches on the ground. The snow level around 2,500 feet, but will fall to 1,500 feet this afternoon. And it'll ease up at some point this afternoon. Snow accumulation, 18 to 30 inches. To 30 inches? 30 into 3 feet. Yeah. And so with, at what... It's a Christmas miracle. Now, now, is that 30 inches of snow? At what level is that? Well, it says the level is going to drop to 1,500 feet. Okay, but that still doesn't affect me. No. Because Portland is not 1,500 Yeah, people. so I mean, okay, so there's 30 inches of snow, snow somewhere that I'll never be. Right. Oh, somewhere to which I won't be invited. No, it will not affect Powell Boulevard. Yeah, back, back up at the uh, at the Martini House, they may have snow. Uh, I am not invited to the Martini House now or ever, though. So, oh, I do have the real, we'll get to that later. I have the real scoop about the Martini and the red slash through it. I do have the actual scoop on that. So we'll then I have another later. Martini. Oh, it's pink Martini story. Excellent. Anyway, uh, leave it to people in the coup to ruin the holiday for everyone. They're investigating a quadruple shooting there that has left three people dead and another injured. Oh. It took place around 12.30 this morning near the 9600 block of Southeast 21st Street in an area known as the Burton neighborhood. All the shooting victims are male adults. Their exact ages and identities not known. Uh, and pe- people, uh, they're looking into the history of the residents, but say they have not yet come up with a clear motive for the shooting. So one person still alive there. Then a 23-year-old woman trying to catch a bus was killed last night. Heather Teeter's body found on North Lombard. She was waiting for a bus on the wrong side of the street. Then somebody told you, you're on the wrong side, so she ran across oh. the street. Got hit by a car. Oh. A Dodge pickup. Man, and I can tell you, there have been a lot of times that I'm running for the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I got splashed yesterday by the bus. Really? Depending on the sidewalk. Um, because these streets downtown flood. Oh, no, it's, it's like they never thought about the fact that it was going to rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've done that with sprinting across the street, like waving, like, hello, like waiting. For, wait, wait. We did it at the airport. And we were flying to Utah. And there's that, you know, the, the, whatever, because the, the, I was parking the cheap-ass uh, section. And so waiting for the blue courtesy bus or whatever, coming, you know, and we're at shelter, you know, queue. And, you know, we're desperately running to the bus with like nine million bags. And I'm like, Stop, wait for Earth. And I'm, it's just amazing that I haven't been killed doing that. A blue man is leaving Oregon in search of acceptance elsewhere. No, it's not makeup on Paul Carrison's skin that makes him look blue. The 57-year-old started making the transition from fair skin to freckles. Well, apparently the change was gradual. He didn't perceive it. And all of a sudden he was blue. Uh, He did use a substance called colloidal silver, which is made from extracting silver from metal. It goes into water with an electric current and then you drink it? The silver is uh, billed as something that'll cure just about anything that ails you, and he swears by it. He does not believe drinking the potion caused his blue skin. He believes it happened because he rubbed it on his face to treat a skin problem. I'm so unclear about this. So, so the man, the man he had freckles. Blue. Yeah, he tried freckles. And then he tried to cure the freckles with 
By with what? Uh, let's see. Colloidal silver. He extracted silver from metal. It goes into water with an electric current, and then you drink it. So he did this to himself. He did it to himself. So he didn't have someone else blew him. No, I, don't think, I, I don't think anyone else... No, he did not blew himself. Well, he drank but the potion it, that it was inadvertent. Yes. So, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of all my Arrested Development jokes now. He tends to avoid public places as much as possible. His girlfriend, Jackie, says she was surprised at first, but now she's used to her blue boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. So, um, yeah, apparently... Uh, he has a big heart, though, she says, even though he's a blue man. So he's going to have to... Uh, there's a blue man group joke there, but it's just too easy. I was just watching uh, those last night, too. I was thinking of. Yeah, and I was totally thinking of Tobias Funke uh, jokes. So... So the girlfriend, so his skin is blue. Yeah. So the girlfriend still loves him. Right. You know the, uh, you know the. She's great... not feeling blue. I was just. I think she is though. She's feeling a little blue, and a big blue. <laughs> um, you know he's also got a permanent case of. Uh... Never mind. Damn it! And all these YouTube blue man group ones are just. Idiot guys painted in blue pretending to be Tobias. Started <laughs> right home with watercolor paint on. Uh, there's that. Uh, see, there's that. I can't. You know. Oh, oh, oh. The, the moments in time when I sometimes wish that we could just uh, that we were on the HD stream. Uh, oh, what is that starting? Yeah, I don't know. 2090. Uh, anyway, so there you go. So he's blue. Did you guys ever study this in in science class that there was that blue family in? Um, Kind of like Missouri or something. You know what I'm talking about? No, I'm not familiar with them. When I was, I thought it was an urban legend, but it is true. I, we studied this in biology class. That I think it was. God, it was in some hick state. What's a hick state, Tim? What's a state full of inbreeding? Uh, uh, Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. It was in Mississippi, I think. There was a uh, a town where there had been lots of inbreeding over the years, and this is you know 120 years ago or whatever. Lots of inbreeding, and so as a result. The this there's a family where their skin had turned a pale shade of blue, uh, and there's there photos of them. They, they were called the blah 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 family, but they were just simply called the blue family. And there was a family in the South whose skin had turned blue over the years because of the very small gene pool. Uh, there's a whole thing about them on Wikipedia. I think it's pretty fascinating, actually. Do we have uh, Sarah? Michael was out of options. And knowing that his father had a penchant for hiding valuable things in walls, considered one last desperate gambit. This is crazy. What am I doing? Using a hammer to try to... Are you crazy? Are you blue? Only in color, Michael. Only in color. It seems I might have stumbled upon an acting opportunity. As a member of the Blue Man Group? Oh, no, you're thinking of the support group. I made that same mistake myself. They're called the Blue Man Group. But it's funny, if I hadn't sought out a support group, I never would have gotten this gig as an understudy for a performance art group. You know, the universe works in mysterious ways, Michael. You never know where help is going to come from until you look for it. Why does everybody think that I need help? Michael... Look at you. <laughs> I mean, you're holding a sledgehammer. Your shirt is... Co oh, I did that. Mm. Um, here, let me... Uh, well. And Michael realized that he, too, had been too proud. Oh, thank you. A little Tobias there. That Tobias and his full-on blue man uh, group. Uh, oh, no, I'm trying to find that I blew myself. <laughs> like, painted himself blue. Of course, because he's a member <laughs> of the blue man group. Yes. 
Here's Tim Riley. Well, searchers are looking for a missing woman who went to get help after she and her husband's pickup truck got stuck in eastern Coos County. They were traveling in their Chevy pickup near the Tioga Tile area near Middle Creek when the truck got stuck and David Owen began experiencing possible heart-related medical problems. So his wife Mary leaves to get help. She was only wearing light clothing, a shirt, and jeans. After approximately four hours, uh, David Owens was able to call 911 with a cell phone. Why didn't he do that in the first uh, place? Why would you Before wait? sending Mary to get help. <laughs> Go out into the snow and seek help while I stay here and wait to use with my no cell food. phone. <laughs> so uh, searchers have an out looking for it. But they'll find it because it's going to be another Christmas miracle. That's the way it uh-huh. is. Yeah, okay. Uh, this comes to us from uh, North Carolina. Pigs now outnumber people in North Carolina. New data shows that pigs and hogs still outnumber people there. The U.S. Census Bureau released updated pig statistics. Uh, the report is an official summary of data that includes population and mortality rates, along with more abstract things. For instance, there are almost uh, 8.9 million people living in North Carolina in 2006, compared to 9.5 million pigs and hogs. That's taken only to Iowa that has 17.2 million pigs and hogs. It's like I'm so overwhelmed with jokes. It's like I'm looking at a. It's like I'm looking at a recipe card folder containing nine thousand different little three by five entries, and I just can't decide which one to use. Uh, um, well, more people die in North Carolina than pigs, according to the latest survey. <laughs> well, now and see, and then there's something else there. There's something about the Mason Verger being eaten by pigs thing. I just don't know what it is. It's like there's so much comedic potential there that I can't. It's like I'm blinded by the tyranny of choice there. Uh, oh. I have so many things here. Let's uh, get right to the Britney watch, although it might not include Britney just by herself. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, before we get to the Britney watch, uh, let's see. Uh, Richie has uh, just confirmed here, speaking of all things Britney, uh, we will be at 1 o'clock today. Uh, we will be speaking with uh, David Perel. Uh, who is uh, the editor uh, from the National Enquirer? So seriously, we will. Well, let's. I, I believe so. Oh, Sex Panther. Oh, it's called Blue It's quite pungent. Yeah. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. <laughs> Hi, Richie. How are you? Good. How are you doing? We're just talking about this man who has to paint himself blue. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so at one o'clock we are speaking with whom? Editor and chief editor of the National Enquirer. He is both editor and chief editor. I asked him, "What are you?" And he said, "Editor and chief." Are oh, you sure ed- editor it's editor in chief? In, in chief? What does that mean? I believe editor in chief is sort of a fancy way of saying chief editor. Yeah, that's what he said. If he was an editor and a chief, he probably had a headdress. I was so only, he only <laughs> wore the ceremonial. Uh. He only worked for ceremonies. I was going to go a different way. I was going to go with like the... I was going to go with like a... Okay, where is is that that? coming from? It's coming from here. I know now. No, because I... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not... No one is touching a button, to the best of my knowledge. From where... Okay, seriously. Wait, do it again, Tim. I can't do it again. It does it by itself. What does it by itself? Where is that sound coming from? It's coming from my computer. (laughs) But why is your computer honking like a car? I don't know. What's the guy's name? Uh, David, David Perel. Perel. He is the editor-in-chief. In-chief. Yeah, editor-and-chief, as Tim noted, would denote 
something or other. Blah, blah, blah. Joke. <laughs> I was going to go with uh, Police Chief. I was going to go with Hat and Baton. Um, yeah, he's the editor-in-chief. Uh, editor-in-chief. Editor-in-chief is, is a fancy way of saying chief editor. Oh, okay. Uh, so editor-in-chief from the National Enquirer, David Perel. We're speaking with him at one. Yes, we call him. Fantastic. Okay. And we're talking uh, about Brittany and other things? Yes. Excellent. Jamie, Jamie Lynn, rather. All right. Fantastic. So uh, mark your uh, clocks. Coming up uh, one o'clock today, David Perel, editor-in-chief from the National Enquirer. Excellent. Well done, Richie. Scotty, who? Yay! All right. He oh. gets a lot done. He really does. He really does. For an oh. intern. Um, okay. Just waiting for that car honk to happen again. It's not going to happen. See? It's not happening because you want it to happen. <laughs> Were you willing it to happen, Tim? God, send me a car honk. All right. <laughs> um, all right. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. All right. It's time to... Oh, Britney Watch. Yeah, uh, Britney Watch. Here's your Britney Watch for Thursday on the Rick Emerson Show. So the question might be asked, how old are you really, Casey? Uh, Jamie Lynn Spears' boyfriend could be in big trouble for having sex with the teen star, but you know it's not going to happen, regardless of what happens. It all depends on whether he's 18 or 19. According to Louisiana state law, if a person who is 19 or older has consensual sex with a person who is older than 13 but less than 17, they could face felony carnal knowledge charges. Now, does this does it matter in what state this happened, or is it a question of in what state they are a resident? Or do we even know? It doesn't say. In other words, if you're a resident of Louisiana. Oh, I, see. I, I would imagine if you are a Louisiana resident. Because they're both Louisiana residents. Because so uh, he's living with her, doesn't if he? If it happened in mm-hmm. Louisiana. Okay, but if it happened in California, for example, it no, might be that different? Would be a, that would be a different law. A different kettle of fish. Uh, let's see. So, uh, Jamie Lynn turned 16 in April. And while OK Magazine is claiming that her baby daddy, Casey Aldrich, is 18, other news outlets are stating he is 19. Uh-oh. When Page Six spoke with the Louisiana Attorney General yesterday, an official said that if Casey is 19, he could face 10 years in jail and a $5,000 fine. However, Deputy Sheriff Jimmy Travis of uh, Tegahua Parish, Louisiana, where the Spears family lives, said that underage Jamie Lynn and her boyfriend didn't break any state laws. From my preliminary investigation, she is 16 and he is 18, he tells the New York Post. If, in fact, it happened in the state of Louisiana, that does not violate any criminal statute. Well, hold on. Well, it seems like this is a simple matter of mathematics. So, she was born in April of 1991. Is that right? Do we know? I think she was born... April 4th, 1991. You know way too much. April... Or 14th. April 1991. All right. She is how pregnant, Tim? Does it say how far along she is? They say it was 12 weeks. 12 weeks. Um, so that means the conception was three months ago. I never in my wildest imaginings thought I would be talking about this. So this is what December, so November, October, September. So it's first reported in July. So that means at the absolute latest, they had sexual relations. September, okay, let's say mid-September 2007, when she would have been 16. So giving the benefit of the doubt, she would have been 16. Now, do we know when he was born? Do we know exactly how old he is? No, I don't. 
Um, is is that up on Wikipedia, do you suppose? No, they don't have a link to him. Really? I'm amazed that somebody hasn't, like, Insta-created, Ike Turner-style, a whole series of entries about him. Um, so, so she would have been 16 at the time of conception, which I do find to be kind of an off-putting word. I think it's because I have it so inextricably linked with Catholicism. So that is the whole deal. If he was over 19, then he's in a heap of trouble, as Waylon Jennings might say. Mm-hmm. All right. But if he was 18, uh, then it might be okay. He also said that while the age of consent is 17, officials don't prosecute if the two were no more than 24 months apart in age. Which they would have been, though. Um, if he was 19, they would be three years apart. Mm-hmm. So that, that's when it all... Could... I cannot find his birthday anywhere. That's uh, weird. I, I, well, it, it it's, it's almost as though somebody from the Spears camp is trying to make sure that information isn't online. Um, Jesus. Boy, this is all very interesting. Uh, who really, who thought we would be having uh, this discussion about Jamie Lynn Spears? This is sort of like how you never thought that Brian Wilson would be the last, the last surviving member of that family. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. So then, uh, the pregnant Jamie Lynn and her impregnator, their relationship is on the rocks. Apparently, uh, they're not seeing each other anymore. (laughs) (laughs) What is... Okay, for the love of God, from where is that coming? (laughs) I think we just let it... I say we just let it go. Just let it go. Just, Just leave it go. Let it go in the I heck cannot out. find his birthday anywhere. So they're, so they're they are rela- not together. Their relationship is on the rocks. They broke it up numerous times, but he was her first, and she keeps taking him oh, back. Oh, it's just like You know what would fix that sex? is a baby. <laughs> they're not dating now. He's really got nothing to offer this baby. He's a kid himself. There are no plans to get married. At this point, a Jamie Lynn has asked her mom, and not Casey, to be in the delivery room with her. A rep for Jamie Lynn is unavailable for comment. God, it's already a popularity contest, and this kid isn't even born. Totally. Yes, a baby will absolutely well, I'm punish steal you. that relationship. Uh, Jesus. Then the principal at the uh, Mike Sitter School, the one that Jamie Lynn's uh, baby's daddy went to school, is pimping out the 2007 yearbook. The principal, Dan Brewster, who was asked to provide any recent pictures he could of young Casey, replied he was holding out on releasing last year's annual yearbook so he can get a better price and claims the school needs the money. Um, Mr. Brewster does tell us that Casey was a good boy, but it sounds like the people of Gloucester, Mississippi, are learning the ropes of this business real quick. Gloucester. Mm-hmm. By the way, so speaking... So how do you find personal information about somebody? Like, how can we find out... Him. Well, I, he's not a public figure, that's the thing. So, I I don't know that he... I, if he was going to be online, if, if that is his birthday, it would just be as an adjunct to her entry in Wikipedia. That's my thing. So... You know, I'm just curious, legally speaking, about whether, uh, he, you know, he broke uh, the law. And not that I, not that I even really have a vested interest in it. I'm just curious. Uh, but you know, with the National Enquirer guy with whom we're going to speak at, uh, you know, one o'clock, he might know. Um, so, Jesus. Uh, and you know, okay, let me back up for just a second. So, uh, Brittany, Jamie, what were we just talking about? I had some point I was going to make. Brittany, Jamie, the guy, whatever. All right, so. So she's hella pregnant, and he's already been... Oh, you know what You know what it was? Wasn't that guy, Jason Alexander, that was married to Brittany for like a day? Wasn't he going to be writing some tell-all book? Wasn't that supposed to come out by now? The guy that married Brittany in Vegas was oh, supposed yeah. to be writing some tell-all book about including the steamy details of their honeymoon, their wedding night. He was supposed to be writing some book, and I don't know why that hasn't come out. He'd already had like a publishing deal and everything. So, all right. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Go ahead. No, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just all of this Britney stuff. Okay, go ahead. Nickelodeon is considered uh, is considering a Spears pregnancy special. Yes, they're considering uh, a special for its young audience about sex and love. Inside because Jimmy. love has everything to do with this. Yes. Following the news, a 16-year-old Zoe 101 star, uh, Miss Spears, is pregnant. The television network has made no announcement about the future of Zoe 101, the popular program named primarily at Youngsters 9 to 14. Uh, filming for the show's fourth and final season has been finished. The episodes are scheduled to begin airing in February. Well, the special Nickelodeon says it's talking with veteran newswoman Linda Ellaby, the veteran newswoman who has uh, stepped in frequently in the past with shows on children and difficult issues on the news. She's done shows about same-sex parents, age, the Columbine shooting, and President Clinton's impeachment scandal. So why not this well, one? Sarah did make a really good point yesterday uh, once the show is done, which is that if Jamie Lynn Spears wants to... Th- this is the instant PR fix for this. Mm-hmm. The instant cure for the scandal is for her to announce now that she will be giving the baby up for adoption uh, to a worthy family that cannot have children. Because a lot of families can't conceive. So, I mean, she could. Um, she's obviously too young. Her and her boyfriend have this volatile relationship. They're not together. And it already looks bad. It are. It already. But with the whole, like rape thing being brought into the special Yeah, day? it already looks terrible because there's the statutory rape discussion. Her saying that they're on again, off again, and it's a fractious relationship. Her sister being, you know, a wreck, and all of that. She can, and the bar is set so low for her to look responsible. So all she has to do is say, as a Christian, I do believe in taking responsibility for my actions, and so I will be placing this child for adoption with a good family that can provide the right stable environment for it. And How about she, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt? Oh, this is going to be a white baby, isn't it? As far she as you should know. take it and give it to an African couple just to keep the whole, you know, to keep the, the balance. equation balanced. She should go and go to Namibia or whatever it was, and she should say, here you go, I know that. I know that Angelina Jolie's taken all of your children recently, so we're going to give a child back. Um, and, and no, but she would look fantastic. She would look so responsible. And you know what? And I dare I say it, she would look mature if she did that. And and especially because Britney is just such a freaking d- disaster, Jamie Lynn Spears would look that is like instant image fix. And you know what? She would come out of this more famous. She would come out of it looking smart. She would come out of it looking upstanding, Christian, moral, virtuous. Even if she's none of those things, she would look exactly like that. But you know what? Underneath it all, she's young and she has stupid people telling her what to do. She's totally. going to, and she's already made statements about how she's going to raise her baby in Louisiana. And it's like, that's what's going to happen. Now, let's, get, let's go around the room right here, as we often do, as we did with uh, Brittany's uh, Deadpool. What do we think? Do we think she has the baby and keeps it? Do we think she has the baby and gives it away? Or do we think, quote, a miscarriage happens, end quote? Sarah? Too publicized. She's going to have the baby. And keep and... it? Or yeah. give it away? No, she's going she's gonna to keep it. Tim? She shouldn't. She should let it be adopted, but... She's going to keep the baby and have Madonna sing, Papa, Don't Preach. <laughs> um... I remake Madonna's Papa yeah. Don't Preach video. Mm-hmm. I think she will have the baby, announce that she's going to keep it, but then never, ever be photographed with it anywhere. I think that she will, quote, keep the baby, but then it's going to secretly be handed off to what somebody else for the rest is, of his is life. the third baby that Lynn Spears has had in the past three years. <laughs> yes, it's going to be just one more on the nanny pile. Yep. All right, here's Tim Riley. So we're not done yet. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Brittany has just spent $500 on a gift basket for her newly pregnant unwed sister. Here's some Thunderbird. She called up the West Hollywood Celebrity Baby Emporium, the Petite Treasure. 
and order Jamie Lynn a Toonie NG tank top with the words Hot Mama to Be on it. Oh, my God. Along really? with a bunch of white items, including a blanket, stepped elephant, and a white satin bow. Uh, socks and sneakers. It, and the note attached says, Dear JL, we love you, Brit, Sean, and Jaden. She bought her Hot Mama clothing? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Don't you think hot clothing's what got her in this problem in the first place? Huh? Mm -hmm. What do you think? It's like when I went to Lloyd Center Mall, and there's that Hot Mom store there. And there's some woman... I know that many people have choose to have children. It's a beautiful thing. Blah, blah, blah. They have a glow about them, don't you think? Woman got out to here with the baby, and then like a tight-ass tank top and in rhinestones, it says, Hot Mom, across the front. Boy, that makes me want to sand off my own face. Have you seen the picture? Of? Of the tank top that she bought her? No. Oh, it's so awful. All right. Is that the end of the Britney watch for now? It is, yes. Jesus, there's your Britney watch. Christ almighty. Brittany, call, and then we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How you doing? This whole show is just going by in the blink uh, of a blinding eye. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Can you hear me? Yes. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I was thinking the reason that they can't figure out, like, if the baby's three months or nine months or right. six months is because they're trying to juggle the conception date with his birthday. So, well, that's totally. That, that's totally that's, I don't know that for a fact, but that's the first thing I thought of. Is that, that, oh, they had to go back and check the calendar and see when it was, you know. Exactly. I don't know. Let me go back and see when we had sex. Because I've seen some people refer to him as the almost 20-year-old. Oh, really? God. Mm -hmm. Well, I so mean, there's, has, there's so much attention on this. Don't you think that it's sort of like the Paris Hilton thing? There's so much attention that even if they, and, I, and again, I'm not taking a stance on this, but even if they don't prosecute him, they're going to have to make a statement about why. I mean, they'll, the, 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 the uh, authorities or the cops or the attorney general, whoever it is that handles this, I don't know how that works. Right. Somebody will have to come out and say, yes, we are going to prosecute or no, we're not, and here's why. Well, you know, I get the They'll have to address it. I get the feeling in Louisiana, you know what I mean? It's, it's all just sort of like, yeah, so what? You know, like, you know what I mean? Well, I mean, they're. They as are the salt of the, the earth, sir. As soon as they can, get the, they can get the media to go away, just, they'd rather just tamp it all down. And Probably. Instead of having a baby. All right. All they're missing is a presidential primary. Yeah, right. thank you. All right. Well, you know, th this goes back in history, too. Uh, one, one thing this brings to mind, when Ricky Nelson's wife had their first baby, she was actually underage when he got her pregnant, so Ozzy, with, with an envelope full of cash, got to Santa Monica Hospital to change the child's birthday. Is that true? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Ozzy used to bribe people with envelopes full of cash. Good for him. Mm -hmm. So Rick, Rick uh, or Ricky Nelson, uh, how old was he? He was like 20-something, and, and she, she was underage. Really? Yeah. And, and even then, that was uh, probably, I mean, you didn't do that. No, I mean, you didn't. So that was kept secret for the longest time. I didn't know that. An envelope full of cash. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of the Ozzy and Harriet dad bribing somebody. At the, Look, I need you to falsify this. Here's an envelope full of cash and copy of Ricky's Greatest Hits. Here's and, a seat for a studio tape. And it was the girl who went on to become the star, the daughter. I can't think of her name. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, it's like the Jerry, you know, the Jerry Lee Lewis thing, as everybody mentions. You know, Joey was marrying like his four-year-old cousin or whatever the hell. Um, Jesus. What was that? It was his cousin, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. And she was... Thirteen? Mm-hmm. God damn. Boy, this is, I mean, yeah, all right. Well, it's, uh, yeah. 
I just don't even know how to process all of this information. Well, so we don't get to... Well, it, it takes the heat off Brittany. It makes her seem like an angel now. Maybe. Maybe Brittany... Well, you know what the funny thing is? And then we have to break because we're going to get behind. Uh, we'll come back. More from Tim. Then we'll talk to uh, uh, David Perel from the National Enquirer. Then more Tim Riley. Um, because there's a lot of news to get through today. So we're just going to do a ton of news today because there's so much. But let me just say this. I was at the Plaid Pantry today, and it, which is a much more pleasant experience than that guy is gone. Um, the woman who's there, she's very courteous, very helpful. Um, she won't be there and, long. And she doesn't smell... The, I was looking at the magazine rack, and there's three different Britney headlines on three different magazines, all of them wrong. One of them, Britney's pregnant and endangering the baby. The other one, Britney has eloped. And the other one, like, the other one was some other baby thing. So there's three different Britney headlines on three different gossip rags, and they're all completely incorrect now. So that is why it sucks to be in the print media these days. This is getting good, because all I can find on Casey Aldridge is other people trying to find his birth date, and nobody can find it. Yeah, that's the uh, heavy hand of publicity right there. That's, uh, that's Envelopes it. full of cash are ex- exchanging <laughs> hands at this moment. I'm sorry. Do you accept PayPal for a graft? Uh, all right, let's uh, take a break here. We'll come back with more of Tim Riley around the corner. It's 503-733-2970. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We return after this. Too many nights alone had left some permanent scars. It's almost like someone's hiding his birth certificate. They can't hide it forever. Well, Tim noted that's public doc. That's a public record, right? Yeah, go to the uh, city clerk's office. Yeah, you bloggers. Blogger. Uh, all right, coming up at one o'clock, we'll talk to. Uh, is it David Perel? Yeah. Okay, I want to make sure a very I get the, accomplished person. And I want to make sure I get the pronunciation to right too, that it's not peril or something. Uh, I'll just ask him. Uh, but David Perel, editor in chief of the National Enquirer, will join us at one o'clock. So rad. Uh, later on, top five most depressing Christmas songs. James Roop will join us, and a uh, a grip of news uh, from Tim Riley still to come. Here is Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Willie Nelson has donated forty thousand dollars to Vancouver. Yes, the really? Willie Nelson. Really donated forty thousand dollars to the Coup. The town where he sold some of his first records about a half century ago. He uh, appeared at the amphitheater near the Cove on June 30th and promised to share some money with the southwestern Washington City. In the late 1950s, he wrote some country music standards, such as Crazy, Hello Walls, Nightlife, Funny How Time Slips Away. This while he was working as a disc jockey for Vancouver radio station KVAN. He financed and recorded the single No Place For Me, sold it to some local listeners... Then he moved back to his native Texas, on to Nashville, and then to fame. Vancouver received a $40,000 check three weeks ago. On Wednesday, the city turned over $15,000 each to the Humane Society of Washington and the Boys and Girls Club. I think it was, I think it was Willie Nelson uh, that um, our friend Mike Chase had him on at one point, and I think they had him do his old DJ rapper. He talked up a song. Oh, wow. he, did, he did a whole Hitting the Post Kind of a thing. And he had the whole, he's like all those old boss jocks. He had the whole thing from the racks and stacks. He's the best on wax, worst styling, profiling, and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, so, and you know, he, you hear those songs about, the stories about Willie Nelson where he was such a prolific songwriter that he would, I think it's Crazy or Hello Walls, one of the two, that he sold for like 50 bucks. Like he wrote Hello Walls, one of the greatest country songs of all time. And the guy's like, I'll give you 50 bucks for it. And Willie's like, sold. You know, and they asked him why. And he's like, well, I'll write more. You know, and so he's just uh, churned him out. So good for him. Go, Willie. Time for the joy of Christmas. Fantastic. Here's another exciting installment of the joy of Christmas for Thursday. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. 
The Chinese tried to ruin the Yankee Christmas. About 13,000 Christmas candle sets sold through the Specialty Merchandising Cap Corporation catalog, if you recalled. The Consumer Product Safety Commission, Pueblo, Colorado, says, <laughs> the, says the two-piece Chinese-made candle sets consist of a snowman and a Christmas tree. Well, the commission says these candles can tip over and cause a fire. Fire. Imagine that. Candles haven't tipped over <laughs> until they were made by the Chinese. It's amazing. Have you seen those candles that Brookstone is selling? Um, they're pretty. They're pretty amazing, actually. It's um, they're wax candles, but then the actual flame is not real. The flame is artificial, but it looks unbelievably real. And to turn it off, you wave your hand over it, and then you wave your hand above it, and it goes on again. They even smell. It even has a scent if you want that, and it flickers. Looks absolutely real. It's kind of freaky, actually. (laughs) It does sort of give you a little insight into how the future is going to be when nothing is real. And we're all flying around in electric cars. Here's Tim Riley. Dateline, East Palo Alto, California. An effort to add holiday cheer to an East Palo Alto neighborhood ended in a gruesome tragedy. But a man stringing lights in the tree at an apartment complex struck a high-voltage power line, sending 12,000 kilovolts of electricity through his body, killing him instantly. Hundreds of neighbors looked on for more than an hour. (laughs) For more than an hour. (laughs) Look at that guy. The grizzly scene has the body of the 23-year-old man suspended about 60 feet above the ground. Uh, this all because the electricity had passed through him and affixed him to the tree. Watch him blink, kids. God damn. So he was, the electricity was actually so strong that it immediately welded him to the tree. Mm-hmm. That's sort of great in a gruesome way. I mean, that really is like a, like a Griswoldian horror come to life. And uh, this comes to us from High Point, North Carolina. The yeah. state where swine outnumber people. And a parrot ongoing dispute between three parrots erupted into a physical fight. A dispute ele- between parrots? Parrots. Oh, okay. Look, it could be parrots. I don't know. A fight at an elementary school's Christmas program. Children in the first through third grade had just completed three quarters of the program when three parrots began fighting. What does this say? The fight lasted about ten minutes. And according to an account by the principal, it started when a father approached a student about passing his daughter while on stage. According to witnesses, the argument started by a father who approached another student about pushing his daughter. Uh, the one parent, not the student who pushed, told the father not to talk to a child about what had happened. He would take it up to the principal. At that point, two other parents, twin sisters, began yelling and oh, shouting. God. They had to stop the program and remind everyone to be respectful. Patty and Selma just tried to put the beat down on at a holiday pageant. However, the yelling escalated further, and thus the fight began. I guess this is what you do when soccer season isn't happening. The police were called to help by uh, multiple members of the audience as well as a staff member. Once the police arrived, only a few people who were actually involved were questioned. However, the twin sisters <laughs> were the ones who were arrested. That's wonderful. Excellent. Well, bad twins. God bless us. They're two bad seeds. Mm-hmm. There's your joy of Christmas for Thursday. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Excellent. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. So Into the Wild has led the nominations for the Screen Actors Guild Awards. Directed by Sean Penn, Into the Wild was also nominated for performance by its overall cast, along with the Western 310 to Yuma and the Crime Sockers, American Gangster, and No Country for Old Men, and then the musical Hairspray. So of, of these films, I've seen one. I've seen American Gangster. I still get to see No Country for Old Men. Uh, that looked violent. It looked violent, but it looked great. I haven't seen Hairspray. I, I just Hairspray is funny. Yeah, but I Yola. can't. My parents uh-huh, bought uh-huh. it. Really? <laughs> will, it, will it sound just like yes, that? Just like that. <laughs> will it sound just as spontaneous as that laughter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing, the John Travolta thing creeps me out. 
I, I'm, I, and I, not that I, you know, not that I'm opposed to cross-dressing, I suppose. I just, it, it's just John Travolta looks frightening in, in that getup. I mean, I just don't know, I don't know how to put my finger on it. And you said, he, is he playing the Ricky Lake role? Yeah. Okay. So it's just the whole, he looks a little unnerving at, and, I mean. No, John Travolta doesn't play Ricky Lake, he plays the mom. Oh, yeah, that's true. He plays the mom. Oh, okay. Well, that's... Yeah. I don't know whether that's better or not. It's just... Have, uh, you, have okay. you not seen the pictures? No. Well, I mean, I saw the pictures of John Travolta, but it's been so long since I've seen... I mean, the only hair... I mean, I've seen the John Waters film from years ago, but I never saw the musical. You know, I never saw the stage play or anything. And this is an adaptation of the stage play, which is an adaptation of the John Waters thing. So, well, I'll see it at some point. I got to see that No Country for Old Men, though. Everybody kind of raves about it. So, uh, that's that. So, those awards uh, are going to be at the end of January. And I guess they made a deal with the Writers Guild to have somebody write it. So that well, that was going to be my next question. I'm going to ask Rupa about that too because there was this whole business of will some writers decide to write, and will then there be a question of whether performers will cross the picket line? Because John Stewart, for example, who I think John Stewart's hosting the Oscars, but John Stewart is also a member of the Writers Guild. Mm-hmm. So the question is, if the Oscars are being written by scabs, will John Stewart refuse to host? Mm-hmm. So, did you say now the Oscars are going to be, they've made a deal to have the Oscars written? No, the SAG Awards. Oh, see, but how great will it be, and by great I mean horrific, if the Oscars are written by scabs, and then you have all of these performers who are also writers having to weigh whether they cross the picket line to go in to the actual ceremony. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the potential for really full-scale uh, riots to happen. I mean, it really is wonderful. Uh, Hillary Swank is back on the big screen playing a woman who starts to uh, rediscover herself through letters left to her by her late husband. Uh, she wants to expand her acting range outside of the strong women she has played previously on screen. I wasn't searching out a girly role, but I certainly um, jumped at the opportunity to do something. I jumped at the opportunity. These are the faces of influenza. I have a vagina. Hillary Swank enjoys spending Christmas at home alone. It's funny. I am going to... She's married, isn't she? To a man. No, she left Chad Holidays, I'm traveling. Oh, that's right. He couldn't deal with her fame. Mm-hmm. I was asked to oh, actually famous. be in Europe. Her breath. Yes, I love you. And I said... She has kind of Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis ish first when my movie opens, but please let me be home for Christmas. So I get to be home for Christmas. This All right. Well, so be it. Well, whatever. Go, st- go install some aluminum siding somewhere. I mean, honestly... I mean, whatever, whatever. You know, I'm not attempting to speculate on 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 her her life or her relationships. I'm just saying, she's butch and has a mouth like a horse. I mean, just she has John Elway's teeth, like surgically implanted, somehow. So you know, whatever. She's a movie star and I'm not. I'm just saying. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Chuck. 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 Hey, just a side thought. You know the video that can never be named. Yeah. Let's just call it Macbeth. Oh, there you go. Excellent. Hey, by the way, speaking of that video from a few uh, from last month that can never be named, uh, let's see, we got this. This says, um, wait, hold on, there was something really exciting. Um, ba ba ba. Wait, one second. It'll all be worth it. Okay, there, Rick, I swear I saw a two girls one cup reference on CNN this morning. They were doing a story about a woman who crashed into two different swimming pools during a snowstorm, and not only did the host keep referring to it as two pools one car, but the text under the video during the segment said two pools one car. This absolutely had to be a reference to that infamous video, right? It has to be. I mean, there's just no way that's a coincidence. So yes, Macbeth. Macbeth. Love that black adder. I'm gonna. I found it on Amazon. They have like 
All four seasons for 100 bucks, I think. No, we're going to make sure to use the word Macbeth as often as possible during tomorrow's production as well. Oh, cool. In fact, we ought to just name it Macbeth. That's it. It's Macbeth, the video Macbeth. And then if I ever, if we ever do another stage play, or if I ever, I'm just going to wear, I'm going to have all the crew, for Bigger Than Jesus, everybody, uh, the, the crew wore these shirts that said crew, C-R-E-W, but with like an Uma, like a Motley Crue thing. I still thing. have mine. Very cool. Next time, if we do a stage play again, the crew are just going to wear shirts, and it's just the shirts are just going to say Macbeth in huge letters. Just going to walk around everywhere. Uh, you remember that little routine where they like doing the self-flagellation and yeah. pinch each other's noses and stuff? Yes. Like, don't do that. Uh, anyway. Yes. How can I help you today, sir? Uh, I'm driving to Salt Lake City for the first time tomorrow morning. Why? Leaving Why? CDX, uh, to take a truck down to our company headquarters. Well, have fun with that. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to overnight there, and the boss taking me to dinner or uh, lunch on Saturday. Uh-huh. So where should I have him take me? In Salt Lake City? Yeah. Uh, well, are you, are he, are, are either of you LDS or either of you Latter-day Saints? No, 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 no. I'm going to tell you, I haven't lived in Salt Lake for 10 years, so my wife, who unfortunately is not available at the moment, she's actually on a plane back from Utah as we speak, um... Jesus, in Salt Lake? I don't even really know. Um, I mean, do you want, like, good food, or do you want, like... Well, good food, but not, I don't have to break the bank. i got to tell but you... I've heard that restaurants aren't a, a strong industry down there. Uh, no, well, actually, to be not to just to dissolve totally in Salt Lake, talk, but it, because there's so many return missionaries there, there's a lot of good sort of ethnic food, what one would call like non-American food. food. Yeah, because there's people come back from all over the world. Um, while you're there, do hit a place called Crown Burger. It is the best uh, hamburger you will ever have in your life. Go there and order the Crown Burger. Better um, than in and out Yeah, no, well, it's a different kind. This is like right. 40 pounds, and it has pastrami on it. So it's, ah. it's different. So try that. And, uh, yeah, just just drink a lot uh, while you're there because the booze is really light. I mean, it's like three, <laughs> two beers. So. How's it, uh, how, how long does it drive from, say, Portland Airport to Salt Lake City? Oh, God, I don't know. It's It's like 11 hours, I think, from Salt Lake to Kennewick. And that's in yeah. southeast Washington. So, uh, you know, anyway. Right. So just enjoy the enjoy the Crown Burger and ogle the hot blonde girls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do like their uh, their uh, little their little mix down there. They're good at that. Okay. Enjoy All your right. drive. Drive safely, sir. I will. Maybe I'll call you from the road tomorrow. Thank you. All right. Bye now. We need a satellite sales office in Salt Lake. We, we might as well get some sponsors. We talk more about it. Lots we're the greatest chamber of commerce ever. We really are like the Salt Lake. We're like a satellite Salt Lake tourism mm-hmm. office. Maybe Dave's in East East. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Swank is just an ugly Julia Roberts. You know it's true. That it really is true. I'm, I'm really amazed that Hillary... I mean, again, I, I don't begrudge her her success. It's a hard industry. Hollywood's a tough town. But it does seem... Didn't you expect Hillary Swank to sort of be like, what's her name? Um, Louise Fletcher? From One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, who had that one, you know, just completely uh, uh, just a transformative role, and it was just never heard from again. She was Nurse Ratchet and then just vanished forever down the mouse hole. So, here's Tim Riley. That is strange, isn't it? Yes. A uh, member of the uh, Pink Martini group is going solo. Singer China Forbes said she would release her album 78 in February. She'll continue to record and tour with one of Portland's most popular bands, and she's also planning a solo tour in the spring wherever she is. A Pasco woman goes to a doctor to show Social Security she's alive. Nobody knows how the Social Security Administration decided that Doris Pendleton was dead, but she spent the past week, including a visit to her doctor, trying to convince the agency, yes, she's still alive. She's 76, a retired school teacher. She learned the flub when a granddaughter went to the bank to try to cash a check for her. They told her her grandmother was no longer banking at that bank. Um, What? My grandmother is also banked here. As the granddaughter listened, the bank official telephoned Pendleton and told her that Social Security had declared her dead. 
The blockage will be placed on her checking account and the bank returned her Social Security check. This is just like that Twilight Zone, and then it turns out that they're picking up a hitchhiker who was killed on that same road. Or like that episode of MASH, where Hawkeye uh, decides to go back to Crabapple Cove because the Army has declared that he's dead when he's still alive. Meanwhile, the grandmother of a... Sorry? No, that was on. Oh, did I miss something? No. <laughs> just my humor. Don't worry about it. There'll be other opportunities. <laughs> there will. A grandmother of a California family missing in the mountains of Northern California said she got a phone call from a psychic about one hour before the family was found. Barbara Sam said the woman had gotten a vision of her missing family. She got a vision of the kids hiding out in a cabin, and they were all huddled together, that they were fine. And, and she told me, you're going to have a Merry Christmas. And this was about an hour before they found the first sign of the kids. But they weren't in the cabin at so, all. So stick it. 38-year-old Frederick Dominguez and his three children, ages 18, 14, and 12, have been airlifted by helicopter to aid ambulances. Uh, Sam said her family went missing during a trip to cut down a Christmas tree and, well, get hit by a snowstorm. That caused an artificial tree from now on. Seriously. You know, I read a whole, you know what, it's something you don't really think about. I read an interview the other day with a Christmas tree farmer, and he was talking about how, and you kind of forget that they exist. Like, you, f you forget that, like, those are grown somewhere. You just sort of picture the lot. Yeah, but, they're all over the place. Yeah. But he was talking about how, I hadn't really thought about this, how artificial Christmas trees are now so real-looking that the, the... This Friday and Saturday, the mega holiday sale is... Now underway. Anywho, he was just saying that they're really just taking it in the shorts because the artificial trees now look so real that... Like, the big selling point used to be, yeah, but those artificial trees look fake. That's why you got to buy a real one. And no, now... the smell of Christmas trees and everything. Yeah, but they got that pine stuff that you can smell that you spray now. I'm oh. not saying you should. I got a real tree this year. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying that the... And he said in a place like Portland, they also fight uphill against that whole hippie thing about, like, it's wrong to cut down trees. Like, it's a... The, the people consider it some sort of mortal sin to cut down a tree uh, for Christmas. Um, and he noted something that you don't really think about, which is that... Trees are a crop, just like corn, you know? And no one says, like, it's wrong to cut down corn. Like, people, no one ever says that. No one ever says, you know, you should, don't take those radishes out of the ground. Leave them there forever. But people have this whole thing about how you shouldn't actually, you shouldn't ever cut down a Christmas tree. So, you know, I feel like I did my part. I kicked in my 12 bucks or whatever it was this year. Uh, in a few, we'll talk to um, uh, David, is it David? Oh, is he calling him right what, now? What is his name? David, David Perrell. David Perrell, editor-in-chief from the National Enquirer. We'll talk to him in just a few. Yeah, uh, Richie, just put him on. Let me know. Just hit the flash. It's going to say flash me. Ha uh ha. -huh. Yeah, flash me on the screen when uh, when he's on hold. And uh, and we'll uh, we'll have speaks with him, as they say in Britain. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, the writer's strike is throwing a monkey wrench into the television pilot season, jeopardizing billions of dollars in crucial ad revenue. From January through April, networks develop and test most of their new programming. The season is also called an upfront market when advertisers get first crack at booking commercial time long before the broadcast begin. An official with the Writers Guild said the strike will rule out many pilots if it isn't resolved by February 1st. Meanwhile, the president insists that when he first learned about the destruction of the CIA interrogation tapes, well, he was being briefed by CIA Chief Michael Hayden. At a White House news conference, uh, he kind of deferred any further comment about this. I am confident that the uh, um, preliminary mm, inquiry uh, yeah, yeah. conducted by the AG that? and uh, mm -hmm. the IG yeah. of the CIA, yeah. coupled with the oversight provided by the Congress, yeah. will end up enabling us all to find out what exactly happened. Mm -hmm. Enabling us all. I love the idea that he sort of reflexively just admits that he is in a complete vacuum of knowledge. Do you suppose... 
and I do get this feeling from his sort of inflection and the general tone. Do you suppose he is on some sort of reptilian level aware of the fact at this point that no one really listens to anything he says anymore, that he is sort of... I hope any important keys have been taken away and replaced with keys that don't unlock anything. <laughs> Like with Nixon in the final days, yeah. they were afraid that, like, in a fit of peak, he would just torch the planet. Um, the, the, you know, he, you know what he's like? He is like a relative uh, who, you know, was supposed to stay with you for a week. There was a snowstorm. The relative's been with you for three months. And after a while, you just sort of mentally put them in the back of your head, so it's just sort of a dull in the background. You know what I mean? So he's, I think Bush is aware, or maybe not. That we've all just decided to disregard him uh, for, for the next, like, you know, it's, uh, 14 months or whatever. So we'll let him make one more comment, and then uh, we promise not to uh, play any more uh, pres presidential soundbites So after the holiday season. Over the course of these inquiries and oversight hearings, uh, I'm going to reserve judgment until I find out the full facts. He really does know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, that's fantastic. McBeth, <coughs> it's 503-733-2970. Yeah, that's a good point, too. You should stop saying that because it's your play. <laughs> so when everything, like, goes into total It's not going to happen. Don't say that. Okay, well, it's then called, you should stop saying that. It's called whistling past the graveyard, Sarah. Uh -huh. uh, it's the Rick Emerson program right here on KCFD Portland. It's 503-733-2970. All right. I think I speak for all of us when I say this is the greatest moment of our professional so lives. Uh, let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show uh, from the National Enquirer, and I hope I'm getting this credit. Is it is it Perel? Yes, it is. David Perel. Hello, sir. Hello. And you are the uh, if I get this correct, you are the the editor, the editor in chief at National that, Enquirer. That is correct. Excellent. I hate it when I'm so exciting. People, it's so, so exciting to meet you. Well, thanks for spending uh, <laughs> thanks for spending some time with us today. Oh, it's my I, pleasure. I, it's been a Thank you. bit of a week for you guys already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this first of all. Um, and, and I should say up front, uh, we are big fans of the National Enquirer, and I don't mean that in an Eddie Haskell kind of way. <laughs> um, it, it, we are uh, huge fans, and, it, and because you guys, um, and I have to make this point frequently, you guys have really um, transformed over the years. And it, 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 you, the National Enquirer is not what people sometimes think the National Enquirer is. Uh, I mean, you guys really get it right, and you don't say it until you've got it. And, you know, you're not the bat boy, uh, you know, the newspaper. You guys were the first with some of the crucial John Bonet information. You guys were cru uh, first with O.J. and the Bruno Mali shoes. Exactly right. And exactly right. you are, I believe, the, and this is what they call a checkable fact, I do believe that the National Enquirer is, in fact, the least sued newspaper, uh, the large, least sued large circulation newspaper in America. Is that true? Yeah, but I'm knocking on wood now, so don't jinx me. Come on. <laughs> I'll say it a little louder. Uh, anyway, I'll. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Jamie Lynn Spears. So you yeah. guys have you guys have got to have somebody down there at the at the uh, at the county clerk's office or the uh, wherever it is that this guy. Uh, who is the Who is the father's name? What's the father's name? Casey Aldrich. Is there somebody down there right now trying to rustle his birth certificate up? Because all we Googled online, like how old is is Casey, and all we can find are other people online asking the same question. No one seems to know. Oh yeah, uh, we do have people there right now, and uh, we've talked to him, and uh, we're uh, we are right where he is, as well as uh, people around him. So. Um, you know, it's a big story. It's a shocking story. Um, if you read the Inquirer, you might remember in July, around July 25th, we ran the story that uh, pregnancy bombshell on Jamie Lynn. 
And although she's saying she's 12 weeks pregnant now, we believe, and I'd say relatively certain, that this is the same pregnancy. So she's a lot farther along than she's admitting to. And, you know, the best part about this is, and uh, our news director, Tim Riley, was reading this yesterday, The really just the icing on the proverbial uh, creme brulee here is that the lawyers for Jamie Lynn Spears had sent you guys, the Inquirer, just this blistering, I don't know if it was a cease and desist letter, but it was like, Jamie Lynn Spears is not pregnant, she is upstanding and moral and virtuous, and her hymen is intact, and we yeah. demand that you, you not... They were if just... you want a good laugh, you should go to our website, nationalinquirer.com. I put the I've put the letter up there for everybody to read, because in retrospect, it, it's... Uh, it is quite amusing. I'll read you my favorite line. I have it right here. It's, uh, Ms. Spears is also a devout Christian with a spotless reputation who lives in accordance with the highest moral and ethical standards in accordance with her faith. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were apoplectic with rage. They were apoplectic, well, you know, and in defense of the lawyer, sometimes lawyers only write what their clients tell them to write, you know, sometimes. Is it, we had a question, of it. we had a listener actually raise this question yesterday, which is that there had been all of this rumbling a while back that Britney Spears was pregnant, and we sort of went, well, you know, whatever, and it's like, what, an ultrasound says that Britney is, you know, expecting again, and we sort of just dismissed it out of hand. Is there, What do you think of the likelihood that somebody spotted an ultrasound in a doctor's office that said Spears on it? They assumed it was Brittany. They leaked the information, and in retrospect, we look back, and it was maybe Jamie's ultrasound. No, it's a good it's a good theory, but it's not true. Brit Brittany had her own pregnancy scare, and you know, whoever thought that she'd turn out to be the more responsible sister in the family, but okay. Uh, and Jamie Lynn, this is the story that we caught on to at the end of July. Uh, we had some sources around her, and we heard she took a home pregnancy test, and it came up positive, and her mother went ballistic, and that's when they went into deep cover-up mode. We ran a story about, and as you know, we got the legal letter, and everybody denied 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 but in Hollywood it is not uncommon for stars to deny stories that of course are true just to protect their image we're talking about David Perel uh, editor-in-chief of the National Enquirer uh, before we move on to some other stuff, just a, a little bit more on Jamie Lynn Spears. So we have well, sort more of, importantly on Casey Aldridge. On Casey know. Aldridge, we have been obsessed with a couple of things today, which is finding out. To me, it's almost like the cover-up is more interesting. It, it's, it's people trying to find out how old he is. The fascinating thing to me is that suddenly all information about him that would have been online, you sort of sense the invisible hand of PR at work here, going around the internet and getting things removed because no one can. To find this out. So, with this kind of stuff, do you guys go to people and try to get them to sort of flip and become sources, or do people come to you? Which happens more frequently? Actually, both. Uh, a lot of times, people will come to us and say, "Hey, we know we know you're interested in this, and uh, we have uh, some information." And also, we're proactive. That's why we have reporters in uh, his hometown right now, talk, trying to talk to him, and also talking to people around him. In fact, we have been talking to him. We talked to him in July when we first broke the story, and we've been talking to him ever since. Um, he's been very cagey. He's been very coy. And at one point during the pregnancy, they did break up. So he was a little more talkative at that point. Is it uh, true that he is a live-in boyfriend? No, he's not a live-in boyfriend. In fact, uh, he he was dumped by her because she thought he was a bit too much of a party animal. And um, 
you know, they've been on and off. So um, they were looking for a place to live together in Los Angeles. So have they spent some uh, nights together? Yeah, but I wouldn't say that they're living together full-time at this point. Nothing like a baby to heal a fractious relationship, my friend. Yeah, that's true. I, I think this is going to work out really well. And really, <laughs> and how, how sad is it when one of the Spears sisters says that you're just a little bit too much of a party animal for her? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's true. That's, that's a standard to meet, huh? We're talking with David Perel, uh, uh, editor-in-chief of the National Enquirer. We've actually had a little bit of discussion about this on the air, that we think the... The instant PR fix from our vantage point is for Jamie Lynn Spears to step up and say, look, I am pregnant, uh, but I'm going to do the responsible thing, and I'm going to have the baby and then uh, give it up for adoption to a family, uh, to you know, a good home, that can, you know, parents that cannot conceive. And that instantly makes her look Christian, virtuous, moral, intelligent, and it makes her look uh, incredibly responsible, especially when contrasted with her implosion of a sister. I, you know, I think you're right, but I think uh, no matter what she does, you know, the fact that she's pregnant at 16 does certainly uh, fly in the face of representations of an image that they've tried to promote as a devout Christian. And, you know, uh, you just don't expect Zoe of Zoe 101 to turn up uh, pregnant in the boarding school. So, you know, there's no real fix for this. Is the mom, is the family, to your knowledge, pressuring her to have this, quote, taken care of or to have the baby? What is it? What the, what's the family want her to do? Oh, our understanding is that the father is apoplectic and the mother was really extremely unhappy and did not want her to keep the baby. All right. Uh, we're talking um, – I'm sorry, I'm just, just choking a little bit of coffee there. We're talking with David Perel, uh, editor-in-chief of the National Enquirer. Uh, before we go, one other uh, story to touch on here. There was a little bit of a, a splash on Drudge the other day linking to you guys talking about developing some sort of a, a John Edwards love child. Oh, yeah, big, big story. This is in our new issue. You can also read it on the website again. Um, this is a very complicated story, but this involves a woman that was linked to him as having had an affair. She worked on the campaign. Now, she has denied it, but uh, we have found some incredible sources uh, close to the situation. Now, she denied having an affair a couple months ago and put out a statement saying, uh, when working for the Edwards camp, my conduct as well as the conduct of my entire team was completely professional. Well, I guess what nobody knew at the time she put out that statement is that she was pregnant and in hiding in North Carolina. We found her stashed in a uh, very exclusive gated community around the corner from John Edwards' close pal and di former director of operations. Uh, we were working the story for months, and then finally when we went to them, they decided to say that uh, the baby belongs to uh, Andrew Young, not the former mayor of Atlanta, but uh, Edwards' pal. The only problem with this is that Andrew Young's married to a very beautiful young woman, um, and Andrew Young's been paying for Real Hunter, but he put her around the corner from his wife. He's had his wife and kids over there, and our sources say, no, what Real has been saying all along is John Edwards is the father of the baby, and they're not going to tell anybody. So we're on to what looks to be uh, quite a political cover-up well, here. It really just does reek of primary colors, which has that all over it. And it's interesting because 
Yeah, it's not like you're saying, well, look, they talked on the phone, or they were, the, the, you know, they or they, you know, where they were together, or they had a fling or whatever. A baby, that is, you know, that's a genetically checkable fact. One would exactly, think. Exactly, exactly. And of course, we've asked them for a DNA test when the baby's born, and in fact, made the offer before publishing the story. Um, why don't you guys take a uh, lie detector test, uh, Andrew Young and Riel Hunter? And you pass. We're not going to run the story, but uh, they declined. And I find that to be uh, extremely telling. In addition, I cannot tell you how good the sources are, but they are incredibly good. And uh, ask Mr. Edwards if he denies having phone contact with her since she found out uh, she was pregnant, and I don't think you're going to get a denial. This, <laughs> this, sir, is why we love both you and the publication for whom you work. Uh, all right, you can read that in this week's issue of the National Enquirer and online at nationalenquirer.com. David Perel, editor-in-chief of the National Enquirer, thank you so much. Uh, we would love to have you back again at some point. Anytime. Thanks yeah. for having Excellent. me on. I'll tell you what, I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, Rich, you'll make sure we have everybody's contact info straight. And again, thanks so much for spending some time with us on what is a very busy week for you guys, and happy holidays to you, sir. Thank you. You too. There you go. Thank you. Uh, Rich, if you want to make sure we got his contact, there you go. David Perel. If, I wasn't, if I wasn't doing radio, I'd want to work for a gossip magazine. That'd be great. I could sense you like all of us gibbering with excitement mm -hmm. how cool is that guy excellent he reminds you know mike he's walker awesome because it's okay to talk to him because he's superficial on our same level oh yeah and things that are oh no he's made a job out important. of he's made a whole career out of the superficiality it's not just us but, but you know it had me waiting on the edge of my seat because i thought sooner or later this guy's gonna say baba booey <laughs> and then we're all sitting here like I would turn penis. Oh yeah. No, oh, Tim. no, you know Richie. No, Richie got. He's the real deal. Richie went to the Inquirer and get you got. Richie the, you know, gets. That's job security, done. Richie. Scotty, who? Uh, yeah. All right. So okay. So sorry to jump on yes. another topic. We were talking about this earlier. How people keep sending me sad songs. Yes, for Christmas. And people keep sending me this song called the the Christmas shoes. Have you ever heard of that? I've had it no. sent to me by numerous by people. Wild Man Fisher. Tim, do you know what the Christmas Shoes is? is no, or? I'm not familiar with that. The no. Christmas Shoes is. Okay, so everyone keeps telling me it's like the, the saddest song ever, and I have never heard well, it. Well, so here's the thing. So here's what's coming up. Uh, we got Jim Roop coming up uh, in the 2 o'clock hour. Uh, we have uh, Darwin Watch still coming up. Uh, let's see. Jesus, what else? I got another installment of uh, It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Uh, we're going to do, um, oh God, a high-concept uh, Christmas Thursday. That's coming up. More from Tim Riley, of course. But we're going to be doing the top five saddest Christmas songs of all time. So That sounds fun. It does. It's real toe-tapper. So someone keeps sending Sarah this song called The Christmas no, Shoes. No, multiple people have multiple. I've, I've never heard it. And I've never heard it either. Tim, you haven't heard it? No. Is this a recent Is it a country song or something? These songs always scream either country no or like AC. I, I just it was sent to YouTube, like, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Now... Dare we listen to this on the air? Oh, God, what if this is going to be a song about, like, halfway through, there's a bottle of children that get set on you know fire what? or something? Honestly, that can't be worse than some of the songs that I picked. For your top five depressing Christmas yeah. songs? you saw number two. Oh, I know what number two is. Yeah. So to speak. Uh, so, who votes that we play this Christmas shoe song on the air? I do. Me? That <laughs> was very tentative. Well, let's listen it to it. It can't be that. Song. All right, well, let's find out exactly how depressing it is. All right. All right, this is, who's the artist? Um, the Christmas shoes, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder if it's like the red shoes. Oh, God, there's another song called If Mama Meets Jesus Tonight. Oh, really? I sense W.G. Snuffy Walden behind this. It was almost Christmas. Oh, God. There I stood in another land Trying to buy that last gift or two Not really in the Christmas mood 
God. Pacing round like little boys do. And in his hands he held a pair of shoes. Okay, can you pause it for a second? Then this this sounds. This reminds me so much of any of those songs from Wag the Dog. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that whole lot of like Willie Nelson singing about how Grandpa fought for the 303. Are we going to find out the child didn't have legs and didn't need shoes after all? No, I'm looking at the child that has legs. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking. I was. So the shoes aren't for him. So send them back to the Lord. <laughs> the shoes are for his brother Timmy. I'm sorry, Jesus sent me these shoes by Timmy mistake. Timmy Ryan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. He was dirty from head to toe. And when it came time to pay, I couldn't believe what I heard him say. Wait, pause it. Okay, first of all, <laughs> could this singer be breathier? Could he be more Trey Parker? It's a whole lot of... Let me tell he could be, you No, he sounds like Michael Bolton to me. Totally. It's like, it's like he, he sounds uh, emphysematic, is what he sounds. All right, here we go. This is the big hook. My friend just remained said I heard the shoe song for the first time today. It was amazing how horrible it is. All right, here we go. Here's the hook of the, here we go. the Christmas shoes. Sure, I want to buy Okay. I'm sorry. This is the ugliest child I've ever seen. <laughs> you, we, you can't deny us the... Oh, that's a hideous Okay, time. but wait until it opens its mouth. It's like a baby Lars Ulrich. For my mom. Buying shoes for her mama because she's dead to bury her in. Because the mom's dead and they're going to bury her. Could you bury her? Daddy says there's not much time. You see, she's dying. She's been sick for quite a while. Yeah. Know yeah. these shoes will make her smile. Totally. Wanna do the beautiful. Mama meets Jesus tonight. That's totally it. Yeah, she's terminally ill. New shoes for her trip to heaven. To walk that highway to the Lord. Jesus has turned on my stilettos. <laughs> Jesus likes pumps. Do you have anything in Ruby? Mama made Christmas good at our house. Most years she just did without. Tell me, sir, what am I going to do? Somehow I've got a buy these Christmas shoes. Does the boy have to sell one of his kidneys or like his marrow? Oh, this is a making the white man feel good song. Totally. I had some extra cash, so I decided to. The white man has more money than he needs. So wait, he gets home, the mom is dead, and then they shameless, and then they bury her in the shoes. I don't like this song. No, we have to keep playing it now. For my mama, please. It's Christmas Eve and these shoes. Now that she's all wasted. Could you hurry, Daddy says there's not much time. You see, she's been sick for quite a while. No, what kind of father sends the son away from home when the mom is dying to buy shoes? Well, there's a think mom would rather have you there. There's a sale of Payless. <laughs> Boy, get to Walmart. <laughs> oh, that must be it. When, if Mama meets Jesus tonight, that's probably. All right, can you back up? About we have to quit talking about this. They might be easier to put on once Riga Morris is sent in. <laughs> can you pause it for a second? <laughs> a, win for the win, Tim Riley. B, this guy is a poor man's Bon Jovi. I don't care who he is. He's a poor man's John Bon Jovi. 
Uh, he sounds like one of those American Idol guys, but I can't quite figure out who it is. Um, does he talk about America? America. America. Um, but seriously, like, I'm sure mom would rather have you there. No, no, no. Mom wouldn't. Mom doesn't want you around. I'm you are gasping mis- for breath and you are buying me shoes. <laughs> Mom's desperately trying to hold on to her the last wisp of energy because her son is at the stupid freaking store. All right, I'm sorry. So let's go to the middle eight here. Here's the uh, the big bridge. Daddy says there's not much time. Uh huh. You see, she's been sick for quite a while. No, these shoes will make her smile. Want her to look beautiful. If Mama meets I could have written this tonight. Maybe we should make our own video. What Christmas is all about. about so this white man is singing about the fact <laughs> Christmas is about new shoes. <laughs> that a dirty boy is trying to buy shoes for his dying mother, and the dirty boy buying shoes for his dying mother is all because he's supposed to remember what the Christmas spirit is all about. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Christmas is about buying gifts for people uh, who can't really use them. Oh my God! <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Is this one of the Lollipop Guild? Are these angels? The shoe angels. No, there's not much time. Is Daddy a doctor? Does she keep pushing the pillow off her face? <laughs> Let's just let it just let it end. Is there welcome back to the truck? <laughs> the little gipper's wife. I was just gonna say that. Thank you, new shoes. Jesus the last one was the kid walking into a hospital. Oh, God, no, don't oh, start please, again. Yeah, please, no. Okay, this, are we, first of all, are we bad people? Yes. Uh, I don't find that song depressing because it's so unbelievably, like, manufactured. Mm. Like, it's unbelievably contrived. You know what I've realized for Emerson is that we need to give the people what they want, and I need to make number two number one. Okay. It's just that's the way it is. It Seriously, people, they, they, look, I'm not trying to knock the audience but This here. is what, you know, I'm not making fun of me, but... No, I mean, let's make fun of it, because it's a terrible song. And I don't mean terrible like it's depressing. That is, I know that this is like pot calling the kettle uh, charred, but that is just so unbelievably uh, just manipulative and badly so, I might add. Like, you know, that, you know what, that was just a song put together by some guy. Uh, that was like put together by some Chip Davis guy. It's a ripoff of another popular song. It's a ripoff. You know what it is? Uh, wait, hold on. It's not Dear Mr. Jesus, is it? You'll recognize this in a minute. This is the granddad of all these songs. If it weren't for oh, yeah. No, thank God for kids. No, it even has a similar melody, all right? No Santa Claus. 
Look what the stork just brought. Thank God for kids. And the slideshow on, on YouTube is just endless pictures of Jesus and children. Thanks. All right. I'll have to break here in a second. But I, the, ch the children are uh, hugging a hippopotamus on the floor. Oh, that's their pregnant mom. <laughs> you are a terrible person. Um, it just Like, I think for these songs... Oh, God. Um, children posing with this Mickey sorcerer. Um... The thing about these songs is, for for a, uh, for a Christmas song to be really, and then, I know we're running late, but we should take these calls so that we're not dragging the song into the next segment. For a Christmas song to be depressing, I think it's got to be, I know I sound like a real purist here, and I sound like I'm, whatever, maybe I'm trying to be too smart for the room, but it's got to be believable, right? I mean, if it's just, if it just sounds like it was put together by Hallmark, which it does, it's completely unaffecting to me. The reason I, the, the reason that that song isn't depressing to me is because you can hear the grinding wheels of marketing behind that song. You can just hear some guy who is uh, a country a country music radio consultant creating that song with a spreadsheet and a bunch of Winnie the Pooh wearing hicks in a conference room. No, it's from that same old notebook. Pleasures of the Great Unwashed. <laughs> it's only two pages. I was going to say it's a book of standards. It's a book of it's it's a book moronic hick standards, um, and and I mean it's just it's so it's so unbelievably uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I guess contrived is the word I'm looking for. It really is like they had a checklist of how to make a sappy song, but it's like I can just it, 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 I can see the math there, and so as a result, it's not really affecting to me at all. So please don't, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm smarter than the, than everybody else, but for the people who were emailing, go, this is the most depressing Christmas song I've ever. It's the saddest. One guy said, I turn off the radio whenever this song comes on. Really, honestly, if that song affects you that badly, if that song, that, and I apologize to any of our sister stations that may play that song, but if that unbelievably bad piece of crap makes you sad, you are you're going to put a gun in your mouth and you're going to blow out your brains when we play our top five later. We're going to do the top five saddest Christmas songs coming up. By the way, the one that You'll be dead by number one. The one we've been talking about, um, a listener just emailed me, they're like, oh, screw Christmas shoes, you should play this song. Yeah. And there's one on our top five that is so depressing. We'll probably be light three or four audience members by the end of it. I mean, Don't there'll just be a that. whole lot of... You're just hanging from the shower rod. So, you know, I'm just giving you fair warning. So, really, honestly. Are you going to pick up these calls so we can go to Rick? I mean, that song is to our list as, like, Hydrox are to, uh, you know... To, to Mrs. Fields. Uh, let's do these calls, and then we'll break, and we'll come back with Tim Riley and the uh, top five depressing Christmas songs. Let's get these calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Say hi to Tim for me. Hello, He's Tim. The man ever. Hello, anyway. caller. <laughs> anyway, Hello, generic music, caller. Yes. I'm the music director at a church in southwest Washington, and I am singing that Christmas Eve, and I'm trying to raise money for... Oh, musicians God. and so forth. Uh -huh. I I, let, let, let's let's stop. First of all, you don't have to name the church, but you are the music director at a church, and you are singing that song like you alone or with a choir. I'm singing it with a sad little boy that's got dirt on his face who, and so forth. Who who chose that song for you to sing? Who decided that? 
Uh, actually, it was brought to me uh, by those that I was talking about getting money from, and they put nine of these ladies. Were you... You're not the target audience. It's me... these older ladies that I... think about Christmas and their dead mothers and whatever. <laughs> and, and whatever. Christmas is about my I... dead mother. Christmas is raised, about dead parents. I raised 900 bucks in six minutes for my Christmas Eve program by singing this song for these ladies. That so, you're saying, have it off the program. so you're saying uh, that you sing, it, it's like they say in sales, you don't put what the uh, you don't put what you like to eat on the fish hook, you put what the fish like to eat on the hook. So you're saying this song brings in the money from old people. It, it really did, and it allowed me to do some other things I really wanted to do that the old people are going to shift uncomfortably in their seat when they hear it. So you're so, the Larry the Cable Guy of your parish. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we just have a good time, and and you got to give the people what they want, Tim. Yeah, and when you said it's about the math, that's the deal, dude. That's exactly the deal. It is. I can hear it's the money the, maker. I, I can, and I can, and I can hear the gears grinding. Like when I hear that, when I listen to that song, it's like I can almost see the conference room with the dry erase board where they oh, were yeah. like constructing the song word it's, by word. It's the guy that wrote it is in a band called New Song, and if you look at their material, they certainly pointedly designed their material in order to raise enough money so they can cruise the country playing music well, and partying. You know what? God so, bless them. It is America. Yeah. It's a capitalist culture, so God bless Absolutely. them. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Best show All right. ever. Thank you, my friend. We'll finish this bank, and we have to break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, crap. No, no, no. Don't God bless any of those people. Holy crap. That song just enraged me to no forget. Now, I'm, I'm a jaded uh, guy. But and and interestingly, no. I, I'm also I'm also a Christian. But you know what? That kind of crap actually makes me despise my brethren. That sort of Kool Aid drinking, Kool Aid you know serving pap is is just everything that is horribly soullessly wrong with Christmas. I, I hate this holiday, and that just reinforces it. And that, who's, who's the name of the band? Do you say New Song? New Song, according okay, to that last thank, call. Thank you. I'm, I'm writing that down because uh, I know that the uh, Rick, Emer Rick Emerson show does not uh, endorse or promote violence, but uh, no. I, I, need to, I need to discipline someone for writing that thing. That is just absolutely unconsciously horrible. Our, uh, our redneck uh, southern state brethren just be cut off. I wish they would secede because that's the kind of crap that they... That they push on us. Really? Who? Who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought that a boy with a dying mother would anger it's so not many a people? Depressing song. It's not. It's it's it, the thing's a joke. Yeah. The no. It's an if anything, it's celebrating joke. Yeah. And if anything, it's celebrating consumerism. It's like Seriously. I can't show my love, so I have to go buy a pair of shoes. Mom's and mom's dying, so she it's, wants me to spend my last few dollars on something she can use for a day. You know, I always I, I always ask the question. Like, okay, do I do I have more? Uh, Contempt for the person who wrote the song, or for the people who are buying the song. Oh, I know the answer to that. You know, I mean, yeah. that's they're the uh, okay. I gotta go. All right, thank you. <laughs> yeah, because when you consider the guy who wrote it is making money, uh, the people who buy that song are giving money away for the for the pleasure of owning that. Uh, two more, then we have to break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Yeah, my rage quite, can't quite match his, but yeah, no. I can't get to the dial fast enough when that song comes on. No, it's terrible. All right, thank you. I was going to say, uh, with, our, with your list coming up, are we going to have yeah. the collective gnashing of teeth on gun barrels across the city like your last depressing list? Yes, yes, sir. Fantastic. Thank you. It is the Christmas season. Final call, then we're breaking. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Rick. That song is from a Lifetime movie called The Christmas Shoe. Oh, God, are you kidding me? Please <laughs> tell me. No, 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 please, please, please tell me. No, I tell you. Hold on. I'm just going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. No, 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 because I'm going to ask. Please tell me that the song came first and they made a whole movie out of the song. 
You know, I honestly don't know the history of the writing of the song, but the movie stars a dying mother who is Brad Paisley's wife, Kimberly, somebody or other. Oh, the girl from um, uh, Father of the Bride? Uh, the girl Nerd. from According to Jim. Okay. All right. Um, anyway, she's the dying mother. I don't know who the little boy is. Rob Lowe plays some kind of jerky businessman. Oh, my God. Yeah, he does. Really? Rob Lowe? Oh, yeah, Rob Lowe's in it. It was on just like a week or two ago, and it was on last year. Now and I have to go watch it. Let's see. Yeah, the little boy oh. tries to get money for the shoes, and he doesn't have quite enough money, and he's in the front of the line trying to get the shoes, and he doesn't have money, and the jerk salesman won't give it to him. Rob Lowe's the next customer. He's always been a jerk. He decides to be a nice guy and gives the kid money so he can get the shoes for his dying mom. It's on tonight at 9. It's on to what channel? Lifetime? The Lifetime. I am it's a, Lifetime. And also an encore broadcast on Christmas afternoon I am, I am TiVoing that tonight. But you know what, Rick? The little boy doesn't have a dirty face in it, so I don't know where that part comes from. <laughs> well, America likes their America likes their television poor to look clean. This was filmed in 2002 in Canada. They don't want it to be too scary. No, of course yeah, not. Yeah, but the song's awful. It says manipulative and worth missing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Linda. There Hi. you go. Thank you. Yes, in the tradition of the gambler and coward of the county, we bring you a 90-minute film made out of a 2-minute and 52-second song. A little movie helper is what that is. Back after this with Tim Riley and the top five most depressing Christmas songs of all time. Stay there. Coming up next hour, CNN Radio correspondent James Roop, uh, Darwin Watch. The what else? Trying to do high concept uh, holiday edition uh, next hour as well. Uh, top five most depressing Christmas songs coming up here in Scotch at the Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. And now from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A man riding on a borrowed motorcycle without a helmet sped past the school zone in Canby today and crashed into a mailbox. They said it was a combination of speed, poor judgment, and not wearing a helmet. They said it's both a bad decision and illegal. It's obvious his injuries were, well, caused by failing to wear a helmet. The 19-year-old was treated for injuries to his head, neck, abdomen, and pelvis. That is, uh, that's no He was good. borrowing a, a Kawasaki, and it wasn't approved for street use. And he, and he hit what? A mailbox? Yeah. Jesus. All right. So he was uh, loaded into an ambulance. Don't wasn't wearing that. a helmet. How no. silly can you be, really? Cool. Idiot. Uh, oh, one of our favorite shows, Mad Men, has uh, apparently lots of nominations for the SAG Awards. Huh. Excellent. And it beat out House, Lost, and 24. 
to enter the best ensemble in drama for the television category. And I know that, um, I, and the thing is, uh, I know people who are fans of each of those shows. I know Sarah's a big Lost fan. Joni's a huge fan of 24. Uh, I, I mean, I know people who really like House. And I keep meaning to watch House because I love Hugh Laurie. He was great in Blackadder. Um, but, uh, you know, this is speaking as a Mad Men uh, fan. Uh, I'm watching that now. Uh, just sort of, you know, I have it all on the TV when I was watching. It's just a beautiful show. Just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, are you worried about eating too much over the holidays? No. You can tell all the reporters have been sent home, and they're just recycling these stories from many Christmases past now. <laughs> so are you worried about having to come up with a new story this holiday season? Are you worried about eating all the wrong things? Well, or... a, a noted uh, dietitian named Kim says you do have to be careful. The problem with party foods sometimes is that more of them on that spread of foods on the table would have more calorie-laden ingredients like sour cream dip and fried appetizers. Yes, there's plenty of good news for today's holiday party tables. Most party tables today have fresh vegetables and dip, and you can make all your dips with the light or the fat-free sour cream and mayonnaise, so you can find ways to cut the calories. Uh-huh. That's a lifesaver. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, time now for a uh, a dentist watch. Oh, a penis watch. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, get down here. Here's your penis watch. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. Well, your D's look like peas. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Oh, that kind of does look like Dennis. Mm-hmm. Or Denise. A Mayo Clinic hospital surgeon in training used a cell phone to photograph a patient's genitals during surgery and may now face disciplinary action. That's no good. Uh, Dr. Adam Hansen, the chief resident of general surgery at the Phoenix Hospital, admitted to male, male administrators, yes, he snapped the photo, during a December 11th gallbladder surgery to the patient Sean Dubowick, once again, the Sean Dubowick's genitals, <laughs> whose penis bears the tattooed slogan, Hunt Rod, <laughs> even though his name is Sean. And I love the idea that he's, uh, just to rip away those last few remaining shreds of dignity, they're going to use his name in the uh, article over and over again. So uh, Hanson uh, showed the photo of Sean DeBowick's penis to other members of the surgical Who's staff. Penis? Uh, Sean DeBowick. Okay. And uh, telephoned a Republic reporter on Monday, left an anonymous message about the incident. Uh, yes, I got a strange call after my surgery from a doctor who said there was a problem. He said Hanson was on the phone and would explain. Hanson told uh, Mr. DeBowick that when he attached a uh, catheter to the patient's member, catheter. he also took a picture. He told me he didn't want to read about it in the newspaper first. Uh, and Hansen uh, claimed he erased the image almost instantly. An investigation is underway. Well, there you go. So there's your tennis watch. There's your tennis watch. Hot rod. Why would you tattoo something on your penis? I know somebody has something really vulgar that I've heard. Um, my friend. What's his name? <laughs> is his name uh, Sean Dubrowski? <laughs> Let's pretend it is. What does Sean Dubrowski have on his penis? No, it's this guy that my friend is dating, and I, I don't know if I can even say it on the air. I'm sure you can. Is, it, is it a word? Or, body. Is it a word not, or is it a, an image? Specify what part? Yes. Is it a word or an image? It's a word. It's two words. What are, uh, are on, they? Are on they? His shoulder. Two words on his shoulder. What? Give me one of the words. Choking. Ah. Okay. No. No. Is the other word hazard? Yes. Rod, not really? you, Dennis. I'm just screwing with you, really. Yes. We weren't asking for you. Bye. 
How sad. Like a, it was like Beetlejuice just then. We've broken his spirit. All right, let's do the. Uh, do we have time to do the top five here? Oh, sure we do. Because we got Rube five. coming up at two ten. Oh, so. almost two o'clock already. Yes, it I really do. is. Christmas will be here before you know it. Fire. Right. Here's your uh, top five, ladies and gentlemen. Counting is wonderful. Counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count. Don't All right. Uh, warning. Warning. We are not effing around with this top five list. This is no Christmas shoes uh, where a grubby-faced boy goes against a rich white man to buy him something his mother cannot possibly use. As somebody pointed out, how about the rich white man buys her some medicine, huh? How about buy her a trip to the doctor? Well, she has no health insurance. <laughs> Therefore, you must die. Because she's not, she's not working hard enough, Tim. You know what he ought to buy her instead of boots? Or bootstraps with which to pull herself up. All right. So uh, here's Tim Riley with today's top five. Tis the season for mer- merriment, joy, and peace. And depression, alcoholism, and loneliness. Tired of listening to happy songs that remind you how much of a downer the season really is? Well, let us help you uh, celebrate your depression with these, the top five most depressing Christmas songs ever. These are the top five most depressing Christmas songs of all time, as compiled by Sarah Dillon. And Aaron Geek in the City. And Aaron and Geek in the City and me. Oh, my. Uh, honorable mention goes to South Park with a Lonely Jew. This is uh, Kyle Broflosky uh, singing this. I love this song. It's a beautiful song. Boy, Trey Parker is amazingly talented. No, it's so true. Is it hard for you, Rich? Yes. Now, can I say, really, I know that South Park is a comedy show and whatever, but I do find this song kind of poignant, because it's played for laughs. Because, you know, there's the funny rhymes and the effing this, and he, he rhymes something with Lotke. Um, but, you know, this is, and of course, I think this is from Matt Stone, who is, I think Matt Stone contributed this, who is Jewish, and I think, I mean, I don't know, obviously, but I... I there, there has to be, you know, it's like those Jehovah's Witnesses who lived next to me, uh, you know, when I was growing up. And the parents were fine with it, but the Jehovah's Witnesses kids, I know that they just felt so outcast every Christmas. This is great. This little Hebrew. You do know that there's probably a core of actual real sadness about this uh-huh. for, you know, for Matt Stone and, you know, maybe for well, whoever. Look Christian country we live in. I mean, like, oh, if yeah. everyone gets everything off for Christmas, Christmas Eve. Well, well look, wait, Tim would just finish that Christopher Hitchens book, That God is Not Great. And you know that, the, like, 80% of people give you the stink eye when they see you reading that. So, I mean, anybody who is not uh, a Christian in this country does, to some degree, get the hairy eyeball uh, around this time, you know? So, all right, these are the top five most depressing Christmas songs. That was just to throw you off. Yeah, all right. And number five, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Ugh. Okay, so, oh, is this the Sinatra version? Oh, boy. This is a real killer, too. So people don't realize how sad this is until you sort of peel it away. Have yourself oh, listen to that. a merry First of all, it's like five beats a minute. And Sinatra has the ability to make everything sound sad. You'd be dying, too, because it's to love, actually, over here. Oh, really? When he has the cards. Next year, all our troubles will be out of sight. So that's kind of why this is sad, because the implication of the song is that this year, he's alone and everything sucks. Mm-hmm. 
Because he's talking next year all our troubles will be far away or out of sight. Uh, and he's that next year those who are dear to us will be near to us once more. And so, so here he goes again. Listen how his ear sucks. Next year all our troubles will be miles away. That's never true, though. No, it's never true. Next year's worse. One I year. Mean, here we are in golden days. Happy. It's, oh, that's depressing. Yes. Uh-huh. Now, next year, you're just one year closer to death, friends. As in olden days. One year closer to cancer. Happy golden days. Yeah, you just want to jump into the fireplace with a Christmas tree. <laughs> we found him in the chimney. His arms full of presents. Friends who are dear to See, so his friends will be here next year. Will be near to us. Because this year, he's drunk and alone in a flop house. Yeah, this song's a real, uh, it's a real ball punch when you think about it. We all will be together if the faith, if the faith allow. See, so in other words, he he can't himself make the year happy, and he himself can't be near his friends, presumably because they hate him. He has, until then, we have to muddle through somehow. If I can manage to get a ticket to Greyhound next year. Yeah. If he manages to get off the booze and scrape together $10 for a bus ticket, not going to happen. And then it's ironic. So have yourself. Because don't worry about mine. That's exactly it. People don't realize that. My life is already destroyed. He's saying, have he's, in other words, he, the narrator of the song, is telling you to enjoy Christmas because he can't. So, in other words, he's telling you, the audience, appreciate your Christmas and your friends and the holiday because you don't know how precious it is until you don't have it because the narrator of the song has no friends, no family, no love, and no joy. And so he's telling you to enjoy Christmas. Because, he doesn't really foresee it happening in the next because year. He, yeah, because he oh. knows how precious it is because he has none of those things. He is alone and will probably be alone next year as well. These are the top five most depressing Christmas songs. Number four, Miss Dolly Parton, a hard candy Christmas. Maybe I'll dye my hair Maybe I'll move somewhere Maybe I'll get a car Maybe I'll drive so far They'll all lose track Me, I'll bounce right back No, you won't Maybe I'll sleep real late Maybe I'll lose some weight Maybe I'll clear my junk Maybe I'll just get drunk on apple wine. Me, I'll be just fine. Lord, it's like a hard candy. We're such bad people. No, I'd like to hear Marie Osmond sing this. But still, I won't let sorrow bring you down. This is Chancey in Portland. What a beautiful song. As all of the whores are walking out to go to their lonely Christmases. This is Bethel Whore House in Texas. It's Christmas for the whores. Hey, maybe I'll learn to sew. These are all isolated activities. Maybe I'll just lie low. Maybe I'll hit the bar. Maybe I'll... that these are all just ways to pass the day and get it over with. Maybe I'll just 
We all have those days, though, where you just want to get through it. Thing, she's staying there by herself. Christmas in a whorehouse. <laughs> These are the top five most depressing Christmas songs of all time. Tim, we're not even halfway done. Tim. No, number three, I'll be home for Christmas. Ugh. So uh, Storm sang this at the Storm in the Ball show. Boy, that'll just make it. That'll oh, make man. it open up a vein. Uh, don't forget Storm Large will be in the studio tomorrow along with Dave Lee, Nordstrom pianist. Uh, Peter from Nickel Arcade is going to be here as well. They'll be doing uh, Christmas in the North Coast. Yeah, maybe. Have it with oh, it. Yeah. Storm and Dave are going to do some songs together, actually. Dave Lee and Storm Large are going to be uh, doing some songs live in studio. And then, of course, our live Christmas play tomorrow, too. Please have snow. See, and this song is a real... Just a real effort because because he builds this whole beautiful image and then it's like, if only in my dreams. In other words, none of this will really happen. It's like a Twilight Zone where the guy wakes up and he's still on the space station all alone. Christmas. You're mean. That's a terrible thing to say. He wakes up and he's still in the same place he was yeah, before. Yeah, that's the whole thing. He he has this whole grand, beautiful image, not unlike the season finale of Mad Men, actually, where he has this whole beautiful, illustrious dream about how it's going to be, and then he wakes up, and it was quite literally all a dream. I'll be home for Christmas. Of the top five most depressing Christmas songs of all time, Tim Riley. Number two, <laughs> Joni Mitchell and oh, River. I love this song. And then she starts with a little jingle bells. Achieved or realized. <laughs> I, wish I, so oh, I wish I was dead. I would teach she doesn't even have a river to skate away on. I can tie this into Almost Famous. So, you know, there's this, there's that sequence in Almost Famous when, uh, what's-his-name is backstage with Stillwater for the first time, and uh, Penny Lane is there and Russell Hammond is there. I know exactly. I, I hear that every time. Yeah, and he says, um, he says, 
Penny Lane, do you know Russell Hammond? And she says, I think we've met kind of coquettishly. And he holds her hand and he just does that thing of staring at her. And then he brushes her hair out of her Yeah, and he doesn't say anything. He just brushes and then she just starts crying. And Cameron Crowe is playing this song. I'll see, she's all alone. Lost the best baby she ever had. And Cameron Crowe had this song playing on the set. That's not a dub in later. He had this playing on the set on like a like a little boombox or whatever off stage. And she didn't know it was coming. And they're filming that scene. And Billy Crudup just takes Kate Hudson's hand and just starts staring at her. And Cameron Crowe like cued somebody. And they started playing this because he knew that Kate Hudson found it to be a really sad song. And he just pl- started playing it off stage, and that's why she just begins crying right on camera. I love that part of the movie. Ugh. Let's all die. Uh, these are the top five depressing Christmas songs of all time. Now, really, okay. no, no fooling around. Now, I want you to steal yourself. Like seriously, if you're feeling a little vulnerable, if maybe you've had a relative uh, pass on, or maybe you're just drunk. If maybe you just had like a bad breakup, or you know, you've been fired. Or maybe you're just bipolar. Um, let me now urge you to this tune, has to be a strong day. Turn down the radio, perhaps you are one of those people for the next two or three minutes. Um, and let me be very clear on this point that we are not wackily advising you this. This is not reverse psychology to try to get depressed people to listen to this next song because I can't really put this in strong enough terms. If you're already depressed, you don't want to hear this next song. Are we all clear? Yes. Everyone understand? Yes, yes. yes. Tim Riley? Yes. Number one, the Vandals. Hang myself from a tree. I'm gonna get a drink. Christmas is hell on earth. I know nothing worse than being depressed and told to be happy. The season of Sue aside, I know. Guys that did Oi to the World, right? God, no yep. Little, it's the last song on their Oi to the World. Little yin and yang. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, Jim Roop's having to hear the whole thing. dark and wet, so I can't forget. We should ask couple if they play this. This is the end of hope. I won't rise enough. Cause it would be a dress to no one. <laughs> oh, right, in, right in the sack. Right in the store. Well, there you 
Well, Blair from the Facts of Life has just come out in support of Britney's pregnant sister, saying she is a role model. There's so much pressure on her right now. Actually, there's much pressure on her a few months ago. <laughs> Dang! Ladies and gentlemen, from Los Angeles, I can't top that. See you at our radio correspondent, Jim Rupolo, sir. Hey. What's up with you? How you feeling, brother? About the same. Oh, man. Um, well, I know this won't make you uh, this won't make you feel any better, but if if it's any small solace, everyone now has is, 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 one of the uh, uh, women who works upstairs, strep throat, Sarah, head cold. Uh, a the, the, the friend of mine who's actually helping us with our Christmas production tomorrow, she just got the whole the head cold flu strep thing, so yeah. it's bad everywhere, sir. Bad, bad, bad. It is terrible, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, at least you're not Jamie Lynn Spears. That's true. Um, no our... pressure on me. A couple of others. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I'll let you. We'll do this. Make it quick, and then we'll 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 get you out of here. Um. So uh, I know the SAG Awards are coming up, and then there's the Oscars not too long after that. So I, we did sort of talk about this the other day, but um, somebody pointed out now that John Stewart is the Oscar host, I believe, and he himself though is a member of the Writers Guild. So when push comes to shove, did did you tell? And you maybe you told me this, and I just sort of forgot a bit. Are, are these shows just going to be written? By scab writers, or have they got some temporary work agreement going on? How, how is they this going to work? They don't have any temporary anything going on. They don't even know how this is going to happen yet. It's already affected the People's Choice Award, which is a worthless show in the first place. Uh, they're going to pre-tape everything and not even have a live show. Is that so? Yeah, so that's true. So they're, they're not. So, but. Uh, it, in other the, words, Golden Globes, the Golden Globes are next on the on the chopping block. So if they're giving out awards to actors, are actors. Um, it does, is it considered crossing a picket line yeah. for an actor to appear on this pre-taped show? Yes, in fact, uh, well, on the pre-taped show, no, because no writer. Uh, yeah, that's a very interesting point. The pro, the thing you have here is that with the People's Choice Awards, the winners already know who they are, which is the only reason they get them there. Right. Uh, they're just going to pre-tape a thank you, an acceptance speech, and that's it. They're not crossing any picket line. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so the cameras will go to these people somewhere, and they will cut a thank you. With the Golden Globes, however, in talking with the Alan Rosenberg, who's the president of SAG today, he said that he's gotten word from a number of nominees and presenters for the Golden Globes that say they're not going. They're not going to cross the picket line. Mm. Now, we're still 25 days away, so anything could happen. They'll probably get some sort of 11th hour type of reprieve going. But as of right now, the Golden Globe says they're moving forward. They're going to go. Uh, but there may not be a whole lot of stars there. So Boy, it's this, very interesting as this gets as it draws closer. I do love this story because it is sort of the entertainment equivalent of a constitutional crisis. You know what I mean? Like one of those government shutdown things that happens every now and again. Or yeah, when... you, you gotta you, you gotta admire the actors for standing by the writers because oh, yeah. they got the same issues coming up with new media in June. Yeah. I mean, it's been 30 years since the actors have had a new or anything changing their residual structure. And with uh, DVDs and everything, they're getting screwed big time. So they want they want to fix this new media issue too. And so whatever happens with the writers is very important, which is the only reason why SAG, the SAG Awards, has a waiver, an interim agreement with the Writers Guild. So they're the only award show that will have writers right now. And so is it a... Is... I mean, there's no way, I would imagine, that this strike will still be going on when, when everything kind of comes due for the actors. I mean, I can't fathom it, because that would just... I mean, everything... That, that has always been the biggest fear. Oh. 
I mean, it's already costed millions of dollars a day. This this strike, I, uh, and, it, and it's and if if it clashes with the actors with the actors issue, and they go on strike at the same time, uh, you might as well. This will turn into a third world country. I mean, it's close to it now. Oh yeah, because <laughs> really. it, because entertainment. Here's a dumb question: Is entertainment the largest? Uh, it's not the number industry? one industry. What's the one? No, what's the number one industry? Agriculture. California? Yeah, agriculture. Yeah. Um, and, but entertainment is certainly one of, and it's certainly a, it's the biggest one in Southern California. And probably and biggest one in Southern California, and one of America's main exports. People don't really think about that. That's true. It is. But entertainment, and for lack of a better word, popular culture, is probably the biggest export of California and America to the rest of the world. Yes. And you already, you know, you did about the, the, the screen and TV writers and producers where they make so much of their money in foreign markets and the back end. And so this is not now just impacting America. It's going to impact the global entertainment market. Yeah, uh, it, it really will. It's already it's already hurting to some degree because there's no there's no films being distributed uh, right now. Uh, except the ones that are already in the can. Although it's pretty interesting, man. I mean, as I drive around, even in my neighborhood, there's several shoots going on, right. location shoots. So somebody's working somewhere. Ugh. All right. Well, brother, we're going to let you uh, go so you can uh, recuperate. Uh, are you on tomorrow, the next day, whatever? Yeah. All right. <laughs> you're a trooper, brother. We we salute you. We really I mean that sincerely. We you're playing through the pain as do we all like the you're you know like the men uh, of your. I'm no hero. I don't have any sick time left. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm doing this because otherwise I won't have a freaking job. Excellent. That's the spirit, sir. There you go. Corporate America, live and well. All right. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you soon, Jim. Thank you. There you go. Jim Roop, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic. All right. 503-733-2970. Hey, do you want to do something crazy and break now? Let's do it. Because we're like, we had the combined breaks here, right? So let's do that. We'll come back. Uh, Tim Riley around the corner. Uh, let's see. We got the, the, the high concept holiday edition coming up this hour as well. You said it's the Rick Emerson radio program. What would he think? What would he say? Would he notice all we've done? Or just the power seldom won? I think I know what Carl would say if he came down on Christmas Day. He'd say to every boy and girl, Where's the boy I gave to the world?
silent, a bloody dying man Hardly was alone and abandoned by his band Trevor was no fading, a sizzle full of hate With his views left in there and my damn files chamber has been found in Iraq, in Baghdad. I thought you were going to say somebody was cutting the ribbon or something. Well, blood splotches on walls, chains hang from the ceiling, and swords on the killing floor. Whoa, really? It's a disturbing tale of brutality, and they think it was run by Al-Qaeda. But they haven't checked the business license oh, to make I'm sure. sure it was run Are by Al-Qaeda. Are you kidding me? Really, this is really what they're... I am <laughs> so mad. Oh. And Are it you was, kidding me? They also found a dirt floor dungeon. Yes, I'm sure that was Al-Qaeda that did that. Mm-hmm. The dirt floor dungeon in the newest torture chamber in Baghdad. You know, the floor oh. is littered with food wrappers, plastic soda bottles, electric cables that snake to a metal bed frame. This is presumably where the detainees were shocked into submission. By Al-Qaeda. The rooms had chains, a bed, an iron bed, still connected to a battery. Knives and swords were still covered with blood. There were no- nine mass graves outside, too, containing the remains of 26 people. The villagers knew it was a torture site, but didn't know who to tell about it. Did they look and see if the people were um, Iraqi or Sarah, American? You're making assumptions. It's, it's hard Sarah. to tell. Yeah. Wow, it's just it's such luck that this is coming out five days before Christmas. I hate you, George mm-hmm. Bush. <laughs> Do they know it's Christmas in Baghdad? <laughs> it won't be snowing in Baghdad this uh, Christmas. Are Jesus. you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. And you. I thought it was one of your sort of journalistic flights no, of fancy. I thought you were reading like an Onion Radio News. No, torture chamber found it around. And, and then, but when you said like. Blood splotches on walls and swords on the floor. I thought, oh, that wacky Tim Riley. Look how he's taking artistic license and making things up. I would Jesus. never. No, I forgot. That's our government's job. Yeah. I'm sorry. Was that out loud? Mm-hmm. God damn. Jesus. But I, I heard things are going well there. Yes. So there's still a war going on there, but they decide that, that we just need to know, number one story, that there's a torture chamber that's Christmas. not being used. Well, it's just fun, apparently. Jesus. That not really is. Electric cords attached to metal bed frames. Who would do such a thing? It's like, uh, ah, never mind. Let's ask Dick Cheney. Maybe he can tell you. I, really? And I love the idea that just the sort of, like, this, the, the default answer is Al-Qaeda. And or, after know, we've been, like, talking about torture in our own country, we've been talking about waterboarding for, you know, for so long, and it's like, oh, but look at them. They're torture. They're too. evil. Waterboards are fun. They use them to teach you to swim at the YMCA. It's, it's, ama- yes, it, 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 it's, it's amazing, actually, yes, that as this scandal about uh, us engaging in what they call severe interrogation, amazingly, we find this torture room, which I'm sure was used by Al-Qaeda. I'm going to begin blaming Al-Qaeda for everything. Uh, you know, loud noises keeping me awake at night. Some dog whizzes on my lawn. I'm going to begin blaming Al Qaeda for all of this. They things. might have found an Al Qaeda uh, calendar with Al Qaeda calendar girls on it. Al Al Qaeda Qaeda. Now there's something. There's a pun there that I'm missing somehow. That's Al, up to you. Al Al Qaeda. Qaeda. No, I got nothing. No, I have nothing. Sorry, sorry, I failed Al- you all. Al calendar girls. No, that doesn't make sense. Uh, no, I got nothing. See, it doesn't seem like there ought to be some pun with Al-Qaeda. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, there Let you go. Let me sell a few more months to work on it. 
Well, I mean, I mean, look, I don't want to get all bogged down and become all serious and heavy-handed and whatever. That's the job for bloviating nitwits. <coughs> um, it's just, it, it, how many times in the past six months have we heard phrases like secret prison and like undisclosed prison facility and the CIA, and especially, Sarah just pointed out that this comes out like two weeks after the fact that the CIA was just shredded. Just, just, does no one notice no. when a guy smart enough. G- takes a whole wheelbarrow videotapes? Where are you going with those, Bob? Shredding room. You know, well, why? No reason. You know, and then he's in there just, just running VHS tapes by the dozens through a giant mulching machine. And I thought we had pillaged Baghdad by now anyway. I mean, isn't the city basically... Seems I mean, like we would have found everything, and it seems that's like... That's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem like there are a lot of new buildings to, you know, be unturned now that they've, we've been there for, what, like, six years? Sort of like know. having us believe that you found a secret room in your house that you never knew was there. So it does strain credulity to say that the torture room was not, you know, recently built by us to torture Iraqis with. So, there you go. It's like, with, it's like Oliver North and Fawn Hall, that nobody ever noticed that Oliver North was just truckloading a ream of paper down to the basement to set fire to it. God damn. All right. Well, maybe this was the grand reopening of a new torture. (laughs) Now under new management. (laughs) Pardon our dust. Pardon our blood. (laughs) We Pardon our blood. We're remodeling. (laughs) We lost our lease. It's the blood of freedom. To serve you better. It's all again. The blood of freedom is everywhere. Freedom Uh, is messy. That's what Donald (laughs) Trump said. It is indeed. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know it's wrong that we're laughing at this, but Jesus, what else are you going to do? I mean, it's just so... Unbelievably, like off the charts, uh, yes. retarded. Uh, it's it's Gobelesque. Yeah, seriously. Let's uh, do a Darwin watch. A triple Darwin watch. Here's a Darwin this watch. Get your for mind you. off torture. Oh, the the bad stuff is about to go down. Don't, don't, don't. I need all my caps. Don't, don't, don't. My parents won't let me use scissors. say this. This is why we uh, have a call screener here, so I can see things like this on the screen. Line three, I think it is. I swear to you, this is the description of the call on the screen. I'm quoting verbatim now. Some guy sitting on toilet, comma, wants to hear radio. Hmm. Let's, uh... Hello, hi. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's your name? Uh, John. John, you're... Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I just I just finished up. I was actually uh, making a film. Please don't tell me any more about it. <laughs> you were sitting on the toilet and just wanted to hear the show while you were sitting on the toilet. Well, you know, I don't have a radio in the bathroom. Why not? Uh, Does Santa need to bring you one for Christmas? <laughs> is there Mrs. John? Uh, yes, there is. All right. Well, you ought to tell. Now you know what to ask for. You need to ask for a bathroom AM radio, sir. Ah, uh, well. I'll keep that in mind. All right. So we're not going to dwell on why you were making a film in the bathroom. Are you uh, are you done in there now? Uh, yes. Do you still need to hear the show? Uh, yeah, I'm going to turn the radio I just walked down the basement. I just going to turn the radio on, and then uh, I'll be back in business. So this phone call is now pointless? Uh, pretty much. All right. Thanks for calling. Oh, don't ha- oh, okay. Well, I guess you can hang up with me. I, well, I got I'm 40 just... seconds to get the radio on. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Well, let me just. He's got to let it warm up. <laughs> well, it's about the tubes, uh, the tubes heat. So I uh, heard any good jokes lately, sir? Uh, well, I was going to tell you the name of my film. I was, I was waiting for that. Oh, is this? Is wait, hold on. Were you calling? Is this just a backward way to uh, backhanded way to plug your film? Actually, it wasn't. No, actually, it wasn't. Uh, I, uh, never mind. It's not worth mentioning now. All right. <laughs> and uh, is your radio on? 
Uh, I'm trying to get this thing plugged in. Okay. I'll be honest. Wait, right. the radio's not even plugged in? Well, no. Why Why would you ever unplug your radio? It's a long story. I, I'm, I'm working in my basement. It's unfinished, and uh, so I have a radio, and I have a cord that I have to bring to it, so I, instead of leaving it out all day long, I... You know, I'll plug it, plug it in when I need it. Boy, am I glad I asked all these questions. <laughs> uh, all right, is the radio in? It is. I'm trying to get on the AM station here. <laughs> uh, oh, hell. It's just a radio. Well, that's actually a big stereo thing. I want to hear you. you know, Everyone loud. in the Portland audience is waiting on you to plug in your radio so that we can move forward with the Darwin Watch. Uh, now, all... now we're on. We're golden. All right. Thank Thanks. you, sir. Bye. Bye. You know, the entire duration of the show, people still cannot find out his birthday. Casey Aldridge. How hard can it be? I'm still looking. Uh, TMZ contacted them to find uh, the, his school to get a picture of him, and the school actually said that they're holding on to the yearbooks. They're not releasing them until they can get a fair bid for it so they can make money. Jesus, you know, Morgan Spurlock was able to go find Osama bin Laden. It, we can't find out the birth date of a guy from Alabama or whatever the hell he's from. All right, here's Tim Riley with your triple Darwin watch. From India, two men... Oh, two tigers killed a man who stuck his arm into their enclosure at India, ripping off his arm and his family, and dozens of visitors just looked on. <laughs> the man avoided zoo safety precautions in an apparent attempt to photograph the two adult Bengal tigers up close. The man ignored the warnings of the keepers, crossed the first barrier, and then stretched his hand into the enclosure that housed the male and female tiger before the animals grabbed his arm and tore it from the socket. <laughs> he died of blood loss. I love the phrase, while dozens of family members and onlookers stared in horror. That's pretty cool. Seriously, and they have this thing on a camera that's called a lens that allows you to sort of get like a close-up photo. The idea that you're going to somehow get a much better photograph by being a foot closer by dint of sticking your arm through the bars, that is a flawed proposition, sir. Although, ye know that by now. All right, that's part one. A man was killed instantly when he ran into a spilling propeller of a twin-engine plane on the remote airstrip to Papua New Guinea. Onlookers watched in horror, as they always do. Again. <laughs> as the man was decapitated when he ran up to the island aircraft as it taxied off the runway. Oh. Uh, the man was in his mid-50s. He was married with three children. He died instantly. Don't run oh. into a plane propeller. The man running toward the plane uh, apparently was uh, listening to shouts and said, Stop, stop. <laughs> but he apparently did not understand. Okay. From India to Indiana, a 19-year-old man who was trying to figure out why a pipe bomb he made did not explode... <laughs> was killed and blew up and killed him. <laughs> so he just didn't wait long enough. No. Wait, let me go check out why then there's a dud. He died of massive head and internal injury. What could have been in that head anyway, uh, though? Cox, really? Cox sent the bomb to be triggered by a timer in an abandoned truck in an old country town outside you... the city. <laughs> by between, the old mill road. Between Fort Wayne and something else. The bomb did not go off as planned, so he returned to the truck the truck to check it out when it exploded. <laughs> <laughs> he made the pipe bomb himself, and no other people were involved. <laughs> of course. The detectives found bomb-making materials in Cox's mobile home. Why, why would you want anybody else to help you with that? You know he just couldn't tell time. You know that's the deal. You know that he put a timer on the clock, and he's a retard who couldn't tell time. Mm -hmm. And so, let me go take... That's it. Head gone. Oh, if only there had been dozens of bystanders looking on a horror film. Why are there never horrified onlookers for the guys who really deserve it, like him. He deserves an audience for his death. There's not enough evidence left to conduct an investigation. <laughs> There's your Darwin watch for Thursday. Merry Christmas! Don't, don't. <laughs> Another one That's wonderful. Don't, don't, don't. Oh. Two tigers, one man. Yes. Another one, Another one, Another one, Another one 
right. Uh, well, let me read a couple of these uh, emails. I don't think we have time for high topic Thursday, uh, high concept Thursday. I have to do it tomorrow. Uh, who wants to hear just a few random uh, stories and emails? Tim, Sarah? Oh, I do. Right. Sure. What, uh, what are the people saying? Uh, let's, well, uh, let me ask you this. Do you want to hear stuff from this random pile of emails that I collected this morning or random emails we've accumulated during the day? Tim, Sarah? I think the day. The day. All right. The day, uh, please. Well, the let day. me just read these in no particular order. Man, so did you guys, I'm sorry, I'm so fascinated with this Jamie Lynn Spears thing. Did you see that the age of consent in Louisiana is 17 and the age of statutory rape is 19? So if his birthday was what, currently while she was 16, he's going to jail. Zang. Life is different for the stars. Okay. If Brittany can drive around a street the wrong way with the kids hanging out the window. Well, that's a good question. I mean, it, 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 the law has turned such a blind, and are you... Okay, let me just let's just talk about let's just wallow in this. Let me let me let's just not pretend otherwise. I will read this uh, Jamie Lynn Spears email in a second. Though. Oh, she she sent you an email. No. Um. So, first of all, let's back get, get back on Brittany for a second. Are you amazed that in the post Paris Hilton going to jail era that somebody hasn't finally just said, "Look, you're running a red light and you have no license plates and." You're high. You're going to jail. And you're stealing right, uh, lighters from the quarter gas station. On camera! I mean, how imme- we should start raising a bounty, and okay. we'll give it to the cop who finally arrests her. That's why little girls like Jamie Lynn get into trouble, because they see their role models. Like, Brit- she sees Brittany not get punished for anything that she does. And so it all began like, with Bill Clinton. Exactly. You know, the era of permissiveness, Tim. Mm-hmm. You know who's responsible? The San Francisco values are to blame for this. Uh, well, we with a stained dress in the White House. I was taking God out of the schools. It, I really feel like we ought to raise money, and we should give it to the first cop who, and I'm not attempting to bribe an officer, but as a reward for the first cop who who arrests Brittany we'll for, act, for committing the, a crime. We'll give it to the po- Police Benevolent Society. Exactly. To help those who need help. We will give it to the police victims. organization for the for, you know the first cop who actually arrests Brittany. You know, for for really, you know, when when she has it coming, which she clearly does like once a week. All right, so okay, so wait, so this is like, so it's Jamie Lynn versus Casey. So if he was in fact eighteen at the time, there wouldn't be statutory rape. But if his birthday is before the twelve weeks that she got pregnant, so then that means she's been knocked up for longer than she said, and she's been lying about it. So let's back so up. So the inquirer's right. Yeah, they're always right. Let's well, yeah, you don't want to f with them. Well, as I always say, the inquirer people, you know, give it a bad rap. They don't. The Inquirer sometimes it will say, um, sources are reporting that something may have happened, or blah, 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 reports that something may blah, 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 or quite possibly blah, blah, blah. But, and this is true, if the Inquirer says something, something has happened, or da, 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 is pregnant, like, they, if they come out and flat out say it, they've got it. The Inquirer, with, because, and Sarah won't remember this, but they got so badly screwed years ago by a Carol Burnett story where they, if my memory serves, they said that Carol Burnett was a drunk and was in rehab, I think is how the story went. And they flat out said, Carol Burnett's a drunk and she's an AA and she's in rehab and she's a lush. And she effed them like to hell and back. She effed, that, she effed them in half. And since then... They have gotten a lot more careful, and the Inquirer will not flat out say something is true unless they have the proof. They just won't. So, so let's back up here. She was born. She was born. Uh, she was born April fourteenth, nineteen ninety one. Which and she I was, was sorry, it's April fourth, nineteen ninety one. And so the conception was in September of this year. So she's claiming if if what she says is true, that means she was sixteen at the time of conception. All right. He is from Louisiana as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So, and do we know... Okay, so here's... Are they governed by the rules of the state they were in or the state that they're from? They're governed by the laws for white people in the South. <laughs> Rich white people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and we still don't know when his birthday was. So, okay. Nobody does. That's what. That's the big thing that everyone's looking for. All right, Sarah, so let me ask you this. I feel like I'm talking to Campbell Scott. No, not Campbell Scott. Who's that? Uh, Campbell Soup? Campbell, yes. Um, okay. So she was, let's let's go with her version of the story, that she was 16 at the time that she got pregnant. Yes. Okay. If he was 18 at the moment he impregnated her, it's fine? Then it's okay. It says, if she is 16 and he is 18 and it happened in the state of Louisiana, that doesn't violate any criminal statutes. However, if he was 19 at the time of conception, there's a case. So if he was 19 as of, let's say... Um, September 15th, just put it halfway through the month. If he was 19 as of September 15th of this year, in other words, if his birthday is any later than uh, 19, God, I'm retarded, 1998? No, 88, rather? September 15th, 88. Yeah. So, in other words, if his birthday is any later than September of 1988, then that's a crime. Yes. And that's assuming that she's giving the right sort of, you know, the estimate for how long she's been pregnant. Okay, so in Louisiana, the age of uh, consensual sexual intercourse is 17. The state statutory rape law goes into effect if the offender is 19 or older and has sexual relations with a minor between the ages of 12 and 17. Okay. Such offenses are considered felonies. So, well, so, in other words, so it doesn't even matter how old she was. It doesn't matter how old she was. It's all about his birthday. Whether he was 19. Because that's what it lies on. Because if he's 18, then it's fine. And you know what? Obviously, he's he's been 19 for longer than that because they wouldn't be hiding him so well. Yeah, I mean, they've got him, you know, and, and as Tim pointed out, how hard can it be to get a birth certificate? And yet, you look Nobody online and no one can find it. Well, you know if anybody's going to shake it out, it's going to be the Inquirer. I mean, I Remember love... TMZ. I was going to say, and I love TMZ. I love all those sites. The Inquirer, I would say, has probably the, the biggest bankroll, though. Yeah. Uh, the Inquirer, if anybody can buy a source, it's the Inquirer at this point. Second only to... I mean, TMZ's second only to the Inquirer. Uh, those are the two that have got to be, boy, and how would you like to just be there watching the TV? Can you, I mean, we're just such superficial people, so I'll just dive into it. I mean, can you imagine what a, 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 a uh, I mean, we have exciting days here, but can you imagine the adrenaline, you know, rush that it is being a TMZ or an Inquirer reporter? Because you know, and I'm amazed that a movie hasn't been made about this, where, what city is this in? Uh, where, Louisiana? Puss Bucket, Louisiana. Yeah, I don't um, know. So there you are. You're landing in Lick Skillet. And you... Okay, let's say that Tim is the National Enquirer reporter. Tim steps off the plane in Puss Bucket, going to look for the birth certificate. He knows that somewhere on that tarmac, a reporter from TMZ, maybe even on the same plane, he knows in that city is a, is a reporter from TMZ. I mean, you know... You, well, you heard him say in the National Enquirer that he already has people yeah. heading to Louisiana right But, now. I mean, the Enquirer people, I wonder if they're on the plane looking around, going, hey, I wonder if somebody in this plane is from TMZ. I wonder if somebody in this plane is on X, from X-10, mm-hmm. you know? It's got to be weird because you, you don't see them probably, but you know that your competitors are in that city with you. You you probably don't see them most of the time, and maybe you wouldn't know them if you did see them. But it's, it's got to be a weird... No, all the paparazzi knew each other when I was in New York. 
Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm sure that the rental car companies are rushing extra uh, fleets yeah. into that small town. It's got to be weird, though, to, to to know that, like, your competitors are on the ground in that town with you. See, and it might sound like BS that we're spending so much time on this, but, I mean, listen to what we have to compare it to. Like, all we have to talk about it's is them finding rooms. secret torture rooms. So I don't want to hear about that crap. Seriously. I'd rather just focus on something happier that's, you know, true you know and happening. We are escapist pap for the masses. Um, it finally, and then uh, Tim is going to be uh, gone to the newsroom to prepare more news. Y- you guys, I really wish you could have seen this play that I saw in London about the tabloid uh, called um, After Scandal, Life After Scandal, which is, if it ever comes to the stage, you got to see it if it's a movie. You have to see this play called Life After Scandal, uh, where it's based on a bunch of British people whose lives were kind of effed up by the tabloids, and one of the characters is a paparazzi. It's it's an amazing play. It really is. Um all right, well, we should take a break here. Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour all the way through. Like us. Um, like us coming up at 3. Like us 101 today at 5 o'clock. Donna Mike at 7 and so forth. Don't forget, tomorrow, a big holiday spectacular. Storm Large in the studio, former Nordstrom pianist Dave Lee, and an original radio play tomorrow at 2. We get back. If you're on hold, stay there. We'll get your calls around the corner. We'll finish it up with some phone calls after this. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. And I was dark and the sky was blue Down the alleyway, I swag a blue Hit off all fans All right, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day The final segment of the Rick Emerson Show And stuff uh, Let's see There's a pretty great email here about Jamie Lynn Spears We'll read this and then we'll get these calls Like us at 3 Like us 101 at 5 Don and Mike at 7 uh, this email, let's see, where did it go? This email is from Chris. He says, Rick, even though Jamie Lynn Spears is such an upstanding Christian and is going to keep her bastard child, I don't think we have to worry about this much longer. He says, I'm guessing sometime soon we're going to see pictures of her consuming bottles of steel reserve, high-gravity malt liquor at parties, and riding violent amusement park rides. This is commonly known here, commonly known as a Gresham fetus remover. Okay. I will not use the other phrase that he uses to describe that. Uh, let's yeah, see. fetus remover was enough. Just Well, you know, the addition of Gresham makes everything funny. Uh, all right. Now, I think that she'll keep it, but then it's it's going to be like a Surrey thing where the baby just gets handed off to somebody else to raise. The mom, the nanny, the whatever. And she's just never going to, you know. Because especially if, if it was like a horrible breakup with the guy who, who was a tool. You know, it's the whole thing. She doesn't want to be reminded of that, but she's in the public eye and whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's get a couple of these. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah. Hey, Rick. Best show ever. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on a second. There we go. There's your sounder. Yes. Good God Almighty. Torture rooms and then the most depressing Christmas music ever. I've really got only one thing to say about this show today. I don't know what that was. I think, I don't know. Somebody get out! There's been an accident! Okay, bye. Thanks. Oh, was he doing one of the, uh, oh, the guy Canadian like, PSAs? But my harness is busted. Oh. You should have checked those. I guess. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. I love, I love, I love, I love that kind of girl. Yeah, Al-Qaeda girl, right? Al-Qaeda girl? All right. Um, sorry. The other yeah. one was, uh, you want to drive your listeners nuts, just play that old 
Merry Christmas from Payless jingle. Merry Christmas. I love that jingle. <laughs> I love that jingle, and I remember the oh, animated, I remember the animated the Christmas tree lights that went with it. I can picture it like it was yesterday. There's an urban legend about that, that in the second verse they say, Merry Christmas from all of us, or is it just from Payless again? I don't, never mind. Don't, don't play it over and over again like ten times oh, now, or something. Now I have to find people it. People go nuts. Oh, now I have to locate it. All and, right. and the last thing, the last thing is yeah. a funnier way of saying anosmic, you know, no sense of smell. Uh-huh. A funnier way to say anosmic is, is blind. Thank you, Tim Riley Rule. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Why, hello. 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 But first I want to say thank you for the lovely engagement announcement. I can't even tell you the chaos that happened. Our good friend uh, Diana engaged. I hope we didn't ruin the surprise. Well, no, but my office was besieged by all your listeners that I work with, Ah. so that's pretty exciting. There you go. Okay, now, the thought for uh, Miss Jamie Spears, just because she got knocked up at 16 doesn't mean that's when she um, began knocking boots. Yeah, that's harder to prove, though. Oh, I understand, but the odds are really great that... The yeah. first time, yeah, it doesn't, despite what they tell you in health class, you don't get pregnant the first time you have sex, usually, so. No. Yeah. Uh, or I guess I guess you don't have to, necessarily. So, yeah, it, 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 and he, I mean, I, I'm a little amazed, actually, that the publicist didn't step in at some point mm-hmm. and see this public relations disaster on the horizon. In other words, if you're 16, I'm amazed that the PR person wouldn't say, like, you can't be getting it on with a 19-year-old because of the crime and the rape and the hey-hey. Yeah. It's kind of stunning. Well, they just don't have the control over the studios like they used to. I suppose that is true. The head of hoppers of the past aren't there. All right, there you go. That's a, a good front. And you know, I swear, I read a hundred times that it was her live-in boyfriend, and now that's disappeared, too. It's interesting. I Well, we only got a whole day. We'll see what the Inquirer finds out by tomorrow. Uh, all right, it's 503-733-2970. Make a note, because we're back tomorrow. We want to thank uh, David Perel, uh, editor-in-chief of the National Inquirer, and thank you to Richie for hooking that up as well. Uh, we want to thank uh, Bob Costantini and James Roop. Also, uh, join us tomorrow for our Christmas spectacular, Storm Large, Dave Lee, and a live radio play at 2 p.m. Rick Emerson, show producer, Dan every day with the loving talents of Sarah Stumper, AM970, Solid State Radio, in the newsroom, Tim Riley, gatekeeper Dave Zen on the phones, Richie Bristol, Bridget from upstairs, marketing and image, uh, imagery, Susan Reynolds, marketing, see y'all tomorrow. Don't let the bastards credit now. Like us next. Bye now.